You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Yeah, so I've been like really, really into uh, what's her name, Billie Eilish. Mm-hmm. Eilish. I still haven't listened to the fucking new album. I might do that tonight. Yeah, it just dropped, right? Yeah, very recently. She did that whole uh, Billie Eilish experience. You could fucking, I don't know, go live in like a place that she designed. I, I think every room is a song, essentially. What? I what don't does know. What does that mean? Like, like a hotel? Uh, well, like every room is like designed around whatever the song meant. So I know that from a little bit that I've gathered, there was like a foam pit in like this room that was all blue and that was for whatever song. And once again, I haven't listened to the album. Oh, I really oh need okay. To. Yeah. And then the next one would have like, uh, it was like all green, like they're all like separated by color and then they all have like aesthetically like different things inside of them that are references to some of the lyrics i think so it's one it's one building yeah it's one space and then multiple rooms and you probably in la somewhere for sure yeah Mm. she is like i she's at the top of what the fuck is going on with fashion and music i know she dresses like a total asshole dude it looks like she's always on the set of biodome 2 yeah like it's just big baggy weird shit yeah this weird like like, a lot of neon green and and, yeah uh rain boots she was wearing the other day Mm -hmm. but yeah i mean i i knew one like one of her big songs one where she's like just sitting there on a table and like blue fucking stuff comes out of her eyes yeah um forget the name of that song but it's i was obviously good and then uh something my wife had said something about like hey check out the song and i was sitting in bed like with my laptop in my lap kind of getting ready to go to sleep or whatever and then i proceeded to go down this like fucking 45 minute rabbit hole or longer on Billie Eilish like to the point where Ashley's like okay bro I get it I mean I thought I felt like I was fucking high man yeah like I felt motivated plus she's like what 17 she is 17 bro yeah it's tough so talented yeah she's fucking she's weird though too like really weird but that's that's kind of I watched her on uh hot ones yeah I love how one of my favorite things. Such a great show. One of my favorite qualities in females, especially, is like insane amounts of authenticity yes. and like oddness. Yes. And she has that like I know. through the fucking roof. I know. I kept sa- like, I don't know. I, I was just having like waves of appreciation for what she's doing. Uh, um, you know, people really respect her. Like Dave Grohl had made a comment recently how she's. Something like she's the new Nirvana, or you know, and mm-hmm. he he is right. Like it's not this. It's obviously not a a rock band doing what they did, but it's the same attitude and it's the same place that it's coming from. Yeah, and I don't. She's just she's completely original, and I I, I love it, man. I love that she's so young too. Well, yeah, she's got a killer system going with. Yeah. Uh, it's just her and her brother that. Yeah, that was the other thing I thought was cool. Yeah, yeah, her twenty one year old brother that co-writes everything with her and is, is her producer and plays live with her out on the road. I think you're going to start seeing a lot of successful individuals, regardless of what medium they're in kind of calling the shots more often and understanding their value. It's it's Mm -hmm. for me, it's kind of that Conor McGregor thing where like, I fucking hope so. All you have to do is deliver. And then you kind of say, Hey, I've delivered. I know what I'm worth. 
and you kind of there's this stair step effect of I just did this. I just doubled my pay-per-view numbers. Now, yep. now you give me this. And they're like, no, we don't want to. Okay, then fuck you. I retire. Right. And then they go, holy shit. Okay. And you slowly, you kind of get that power. And I get that vibe from her that she's me very too. like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. I don't like that label. I don't like that. I don't want to, I don't want to do it this way. So I'll move to this label or this manager, or, you know, whatever she can. Yeah, absolutely. She's got the numbers to back up. I couldn't agree more. This ability to just request and, and demand whatever you want. Yeah, it was it was massively inspiring to to get the feeling that the next generation is still going to do amazing stuff. Oh yeah. Cuz that that happens now at our age where we we start looking back to the music that we loved growing up or even music before that time <clears throat> and I mean we're not new to this phenomenon. When you get to a certain age you start A getting nostalgic and then B you start not having faith that the the younger generation is going to continue to do great stuff. I, I wouldn't say that I completely got to that pessimistic place, but it happens. And for a while now, it, it started to happen more than ever for me. Like the mumble rap scene and all this stuff. I'm just not into it. Um, but anyway, it it's good to hear people like Finn McKenty and I think you're pretty good at keeping me in check that like even if you don't like mumble rap, it still is legitimate and it still has its place like you know but um but with her Billie eilish i generally like her music and i respect what she's doing like on a personal level so it was just it was it was cool man i haven't had that in a long time where like i got really fucking into what she was doing and i just was fucking going checking all her videos and live performances interviews reading up on her her bio and she's so young yeah, well, so young. And, and that's an asset that a lot of people don't consider as they're, you know, developing musical chops and, and writing ability and stuff is what about what about you as a person? Are you are you intriguing? Are people you know, you your music has to be good. Obviously, that's your product. But yep. if on top of that, every interview you do is it's kind of like a riffraff thing or even Post Malone. Both those guys have this quality, too, where it's like. Oh, Riff Raff did an interview with fucking Variety magazine. Nine times out of ten, you say so-and-so did a an interview with Variety, and you're like, I don't give a shit about that. Yeah. You're like, oh, dude, I bet I bet Post Malone said something funny. Or he was just, even if he wasn't funny, he was just this affable dude the whole time, which is endearing and mm-hmm. adorable. Riff Raff said some wild shit. Same with Billie Eilish. She's, she's going to pull zero punches. She's going to be super honest. She's going to like what she likes and not feel even slightly guilty about that. I saw some... Uh, there's some YouTube show that I watched one time, so now YouTube recommends it all the time, where celebrities go into like this uh this like sneaker shop and they just pick all their Yeah, it's they, uh what's that uh con, con or not it starts with a C. Complex. Complex, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Regardless, she uh Delia did one of those. Yep. She goes through and she picks a bunch of and she grabs all these Oh, she did one? Yeah. Oh, cool. She grabs what I consider to be the most horrendous. She and she even says, I like chunky ass shoes. I want those big ass like she wants the shoes that make it look like she's got fucking club feet like they're just they're disgusting and they're just the weirdest colors and but she doesn't give a fuck she's like this is what I'm into this is my generation like she grew up with the internet so her vibe of things visually is just different yep absolutely the shit that she's into is you know it's a generational thing too of course it's going to be alien to me just like my parents generation they probably look at my shit and they're like, what the fuck? Slipknot? There's oh, nine of them and they all wear masks? What the fuck are you talking about? I know. I was watching some 
again a, a YouTube channel. Um, what it's called Watch Mojo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do a lot of like it's almost like what VH1 became, mm-hmm. and now that's they've taken that place. A lot of it can be garbage, but um, they'll do like compilations of like the most influential bands of the 2000s. Or yeah, whatever. it's good shit. Yeah, most time it's pretty cool. And they were doing mm-hmm. just that. It was the most like influential singles of the 2000s, something like that. And anyway, they kept referring to a lot of the rap rock stuff that was going on. Right. And I was thinking that how like I remember my parents being just <laughs> totally like baffled by that scene. And even even people who like came from the rock scene before that, you know, the the older generate the the sound gardens, the fucking Alice in Chain dudes, like that was really tough for them to understand. Right. Like, wait, what? What are you doing? Like that's garbage. Limp Bizkit is fucking horrible. And uh, anyway, like it took over the world. And well, the classic complaint that I always got from the older generation was uh, they're screaming. You can't even tell what they're saying. Yep. And I was like, okay, but your generation. Yeah, you could understand what they were saying, but they were saying, she's my cherry pie. Like, not exactly poetic. (laughs) I don't give a fuck. Dude, have you... God damn it. Have you watched the new uh, Motley Crue movie called Dirt? I haven't. I sort of want to, and I sort of do not want to. It is absolute dog shit. Yeah, that's what I heard. I heard it's It's also, like, factually super inaccurate. So inaccurate. I mean, look, it's, it's a good old time. It's fun. If you got nothing else to do, like, I put it on while doing something else. Because I, I knew just by the trailer, it looks so goddamn cheesy. I imagine it's like a it's a Kmart Bohemian Rhapsody kind of thing. Yeah, it, like even more of that, like yeah. even more vanilla than than what you just said. <laughs> right. Like, uh, I don't know, because I, I do respect some Motley Crue. I mean, they're obviously like cheesy 80s hair metal or whatever, but they're the fucking crew, man. There's some cool shit there. They deserve credit for some shit. Yeah, Fuck absolutely. Yeah. And the story is dark enough. Like, you could have done it legitimately cool mm-hmm. and made it like an interesting film, but they just made it so, like, Disney-fied almost. And and again, not, not factual at all. Yeah. It was a bummer. Huge bummer. Yeah. Um, but apparently it was a book. You know where I think book. the... Uh, I was thinking about this literally on my way over where I think the younger generation is absolutely fucked uh, sex. They're absolute like, and obviously no pun intended, but yeah. they, Jesus dude, like so fucked. think about the access to porn now. I know. Like I, I know. had to, I don't, and then I, I compare it to me where like, like I'm a very monogamous person. I don't like, for me, I, I don't get like tired of, uh, my significant other or like, you know, think yeah. like I need more than that, whatever. But I wonder how much of that is tied to the fact that I would sometimes have like the same, like two adult videos at access at any point. Whereas now, like think about all the porn that there is now. Dude. Like you can know one website. Isn't that a, a Rogan always says how you could stop making porn today and there'd be enough for the rest of right eternity yeah absolutely yeah i mean that's true and i think that my generation like we just had to earn that shit right like we had to you know we're oh yeah man we're watching like scrambled images on the tv (laughs) and jacking off like bra fucking ads right yes whatever you could as a kid yep it all like so in a weird way like i'm more appreciative of shit and i think that things are more disposable with that yeah with that newer generation and i can't help but wonder like one, is it gonna 
is intimacy even going to hold the same place in their mind that it does for older generations? And, and two, if, even if it does, are they going to, are they going to fully respect it? Are they going to want like, want more? Like, are they going to look at their significant others like tabs in you porn? Like, why, why do I only have one of you? I could get like 10. Yeah. You know, like that's the access that they're used to. Yeah. There's a lot of bad to it. It's made it so like coming is the only, the only thing. Like Mm -hmm. it's just a, let's get fucking down to it. It's also way rougher than reality. Mm-hmm. The average sixteen-year-old girl that you're dating isn't want to f- get fucked in the ass and f- like, come on, dude, that's so up here. Yeah, well, and like, she's also she's not gonna. These kids have no. She's not gonna give a fuck about your ego. No. And, yeah, dude. That, I mean, it's it, yeah, it's kind of a problem. That's the most damaging part, probably, is that it it causes this generation to see to see the experience as incredibly one-sided. Yes. Like I don't have a partner that that I'm sharing this experience with. It's very like sociopathic. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's taking out the whole relationship part. Not that that's what sex has to be. I mean, I'm down for just fucking and right. You know, that, that we all did that phase, but it was different because there was still two people and a dynamic of those two people. But yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, yes, sex is a physical thing, but a lot of that physicality is it begins mentally. Like the yeah. connection and everything, it facilitates that. So it's not outlandish to assume that the deeper connection you have with somebody, the the more powerful the intimacy is going to be. So if yep. if you have just been fucking cranking it out to your computer monitor by yourself, you know that's I know that's crazy, dude. I know. What about so? Are you are you a dry guy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm, kind of, I'm kind of a crazy person. When I was younger... I always heard that that made you like a mass murderer. No way. See, I think it's the other way around. Fuck yeah. Oh, let me get super what? F- slippery. What? <laughs> it reminds me of... Uh, That's murderer th- shit. That scene in For Real Virgin where he like lights a candle. And, like, yeah, that That's insane. so gross. Like, I don't want to make love to like, myself. Time out. Are you going to do foreplay with yourself? Dude, I am just hitting a button that needs to be hit. Like, yeah. I just need to release. For Let's sure. Fucking clean the pipes and move on. Ugh. Dude, yeah, I. Uh, How about that feeling right after you you jerk it? You just feel like the worst person ever. Yeah, all You're of like, a sudden, oh, all of a sudden, the porn is just the most heinous <laughs> shit you've ever seen in your like, life. Turn it off. Oh god. Yeah, it's terrible. I try. I steer into that shame though. Like I, I let right, it, I right. let it fuel me. Yeah, you know, now that I'm married, like I don't give a fuck if Ashley walks in on me. Yeah. Ugh. I. It's the whole like join or go away. I'm like, still not. not I can't, I still can't do that, dude. I had a relationship that lasted like just under a decade. And I remember like I got caught (laughs) like (laughs) seven years in and I just never, you can't explain the vulnerability that you feel with your dick in your hand. And just the look she gave me just kind of like, like, oh man, like uh, she, she looked at me like I was like, like I like was a dog. stacking like multiple slices of pizza to eat all at the same time. <laughs> she just looked at me like, oh, Jesus Christ, Alan. <laughs> My friend Tim, I shouldn't say his name. His name isn't really Tim. I was just making it <laughs> up. This guy I used to work with, <laughs> he told me that once his wife walked in on him and he was taking a shit and he had his he was completely naked because he was going to go shower right after so he did one of those shit to shower moves. Yeah. 
So he's taking a poo poo completely naked, and he had his feet up on the tub. Yeah. So he was pooping with his feet up on the tub. Okay, unnecessary. Just super gross. And she walked in. That's what she saw her husband doing. Oh, that's not too bad. No, it's not too bad. He wasn't like jerking at the same time or anything. But still, that does because you know what she thinks now. She thinks you do that all the time. Yeah. She can't get that out of her head now. Yeah. I, That's I the actually weird thing about marriage. I knew a guy that oh my god, this is fucking this is still top ten craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. I knew a guy that not only preferred to shit in public, but whenever he would shit in public, whenever he would shit, period, he would get fully naked. Oh, come on. And he had so I'm what? talking like he's That's in the like Walmart crazy. bathroom and he gets he strips down all the way, no. hang, hangs his clothes up on the hook and shit, and then gets fully dressed when he's done. <laughs> And I remember asking him why, and he is said... Is it like a germ thing or something? Yeah, yeah. He said, well, because like if the shit hits the water, it's going to... I'm not fully covering the toilet, so particles of that are going to fly oh, up and just be on my clothes what? all day. Just hanging your clothes on that disgusting door is almost worse. Well, my response was, you'd rather they just be directly on your skin? Right. That's crazier. That is really strange behavior. I mean, it must have took him a fucking hour and a half to go poop. Yeah, his name was Pete. Of course it was. I don't, I don't mind giving out names. I'll give out names all day. Especially that. If guy. I knew his last name, I'd share that too. How is his name not Pete? Uh, look at all the people watching us. Yeah, what are they saying? Are they talking shit? I think there's is that one person? I don't know. With some comments? My eyes are I don't know how to read that. But uh yeah, so so there you go. And the other thing about the porn thing with kids <laughs> Wow, <laughs> that was a weird sentence. Is uh just how, how young they are now. Like how a fucking 12 year old can find like just hardcore porn. Yeah, that's not good. Man. That it's, is not good. Because trust me, I looked around that age, but right. you, you can't, you find, can't it, find it. And that was the best thing that ever happened. To not me. in those fucking mid 90s computers we had. You don't need to be exposed to that shit at such a young age because it's you not, really don't. your brain's not ready to fucking accept that yet. Yep. Yeah. Man, that's, yeah, dude, I wonder. By the way, this is coming from two like socially liberal people. Yeah. You know, it's not like we're hardcore Christian conservative folks. Well, yeah. Worried I mean, about that porno. Like, no, it's it's a very different thing when it's people that young. God, I know. Yeah. We'll see. We will see. Yeah, we will. It's going to be. But that that's my prediction. I think that there's going to be some fucking problems. I think, honestly, it could get to the point. Not, you know, not for decades. It, it takes a long time to, to kind of put a dent in the population. But yeah. I think that. That is legitimately something that we're going to see is that just the population, at least within the United States, will will see an effect. I'm not going to say, you know, we're going to lose fucking mass numbers, but I, I do think that like procreation is going to is going to fall because I think that sexual sexual activity is going to fall. Yep. And I, I believe there's legit stats that claim that since the 70s, it's been consistently falling. So I don't know. The, uh Child or birth or whatever? Uh, birth just rate? sexual activity. Oh, wow. It's, I mean, you know, you can go back to the, the Louis C.K. bit that he, you know, he got in trouble for like the Parkland thing, whatever. Mm -hmm. One of his bits was about how, you know, there's so many like 18, 19 year olds nowadays that are like speaking in I front of know. Congress and shit. Like this time to be wild. Yeah. You're supposed to just be indiscriminately fucking, which is what. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's common with that age. I mean, the seventies. It was just that was ten years. It was a. It was a ten year long orgy. Is all that was. Yeah. And then since then, it's you know you got the eighties with like cocaine and shit that. Yeah. You know, but then I think part of it is that you know AIDS was a big thing in the eighties, and so since then people are just like, ugh, 
Oh, I hear now the thing is that most people aren't wearing condoms today. Yeah. A lot of young young folks aren't wearing condoms. Listen, I sympathize. I, I do too. They're terrible. They are. But. But <laughs> then you get AIDS. It's one of those things where like. someone pregnant. <laughs> if I had, to, like if I had a kid right now, if he was like 14 and he's like, dad, I'm being sexually active. Like I need to wear a condom, right? I would feel like a hypocrite to be like, duh, dude, absolutely all the time. I, but what I would have to say is like, fucking do your best. Right. You know, that's essentially, that's what I tell myself. But the problem, I don't know. But see, I'm also not, I'm not just like walking Ugh. the streets of Portland Ugh. at 4 a.m. being like, uh, sex? Anybody yeah. down for sex? That's true. So it's, I think that in a weird way, it's. And it's different. At wear that social age. condom. Right. Use the social condom first, which is you're not just, you're not indiscriminately trying to hook up with people. Which, you know, as a man, there's a lot of pressure to be that way. Sure. Like, dude, you haven't crushed seven times with seven different people in a week. Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I've never been that way. I just, I can't, I can't be. I Even know. on tour and shit, as soon as, as soon as a girl would hear that I was a touring musician, she's like, oh, okay. Like, she thought, you're just out there all the time. No, not at all. No. Not, it's not even kind of possible. No one, you know, you smell like a foot and yeah. you're just... Yeah. You know, you're around dudes all the time. So you kind of forget how to even talk to women. Yeah. I know. So wear that social condom. And then when you meet somebody and you like them, whatever, like, sure, you know, do it. But I know they're just they're. Do you worry about technology? Like, yes. And the progress of technology. Yes. And no. I mean, do you think that AI is something that is going to be a problem? problem uh yeah probably have you I, ever I just, heard sam harris talk about it yes i have yeah i don't trust humans that's the thing and that's what's going to develop because too many people are like can we trust robots hey dude we're making them so yeah, yeah we trust can, you yeah we, we can trust robots if we if we're doing the shit the right way if we're if we're devising systems the that argument make sense. though is that like you know sam harris is way more eloquent about describing this so please go yeah, YouTube of course. Him. He's also way smarter. Yeah, yeah. I'm a fucking moron. Barely stringing together a sentence. If you're here for a TED talk on robots, the, the fuck is, is wrong the with podcast you? Podcast for you. We talk about pooping while naked. And kid so porn. <laughs> the uh, concern he had was like, essentially, if you create a so like something happened where they they had AI for like a farm or something. Mm-hmm. It was like a system to do mass cropping or whatever this huge agricultural land place whatever and um they had programmed it where it was like you know do it was something you know like the most efficient way to get this job done and it so basically it just started to like kill everything in in its path (laughs) You know what I mean? Because it's yeah. not it, you're not telling it a specific thing. Mm-hmm. In other words, like you could you can multiply that. Like if if the the point is, you know, uh, uh, do this objective, they're not going to take into account all the other things that, that it could, you know, the risk of it. Does that make sense? You know, yeah. What I mean? Robots like, don't have sensitivity. Yeah, it's and not. Shit. Yeah, they're going to go for the objective that it's programmed to do. And if a human is in the way then the that human is yeah that is yeah that's an obstacle yeah i've been doing a terrible job actually but you, you get my point yeah so that that kind of stuff does scare me because ai doesn't just mean you know like the movies terminator where there's a fucking 
human-like yeah. robot walking around. It's right. like systems and programs and things that are running our world. Yeah, I don't believe you, you and know? I in our lifetime will see like a T-1000. Probably not. Obviously, like that's not... I don't even know that my kid's lifetime, they'll see that. But you have seen like, you know, MIT and uh, Boston University, those fucking dog robot yeah. things that like open doors and shit. Yep. That's terrifying. That's yeah. straight up terrifying. 100%. But at the but same time... what's the time, application for that? And I, I, I like my chances against a, a robot dog. And me too. You know? Yeah. I've also seen them fucking slip on even ground yeah dude and i've i've had enough of this fucking bullshit world where there's no hovercrafts there's no hoverboards we still don't have flying jetpacks we're still driving stupid fucking cars on wheels there's no teleport teleportation here's the thing I, though i've had enough of I, no space travel i saw this meme i saw this meme that was talking about how everyone's bitching about not having flying cars yet and yeah. and yet a lot of you are on e racing to work right now and if your car runs out of gas, you pull over, it's all good. If you got a flying car, we just got cars dropping from the sky because <laughs> some dude didn't want to go to Shell right. before he got to work. And that's that's kind of once again, it's that's true. where like the the lack of trust for human beings comes in. Like we're designing this shit. We're also the ones I mean, fuck it. Wasn't it six months ago there was some uh some woman was in uh was it an automated Uber? Yeah, it was like right, a driverless right, right. Uber. So the person was like, cool, welcome to the future. I'm going to take a nap. Takes a nap and smashes mm. some chick as she's crossing the... Like, that's what we're dealing with, See, man. That, that's, that's a good example, actually, of uh, like the automation concern. Because I think a Tesla had recently crashed on a highway. It was like last year. Because the way that they, they have the camera system all around the car, that's how they do you yeah. know, like distance and if it needs a break or whatever. And... Part of the thing that the that it's looking for is sky, and they have different versions of sky that that the program recognizes. And so, anyway, it was in a lane, and to the lane next to it was a big semi truck that had like a reflective surface on the cargo yep. trailer, and it was reflecting the sky. So it thought that it could merge. See, and look at that. Look at that trial and error merged they, over right into nothing or but, into a truck. But in that instance error potentially means human death just like anything just but like see the the argument for it though is like when the automobile was created people were losing their fucking minds and for good reason look how many deaths there are every year for for driving yeah but it's something we it's hard to say but we just kind of accept it mm -hmm. like that's a necessity for society we need cars we need the highway so I guess what I'm saying is if like you had a system of flying cars and people were dying, it's you're going to have to like weigh it to how much you want flying cars because people are going to die. It's not a perfect world. I don't know why people expect there to never be problems like it's oh, going to happen. Sure. Planes are going to crash every once in a while. Absolutely. Sucks, yeah. The thing is, you have to convince me, though, that our need for flying cars is equal to our need for non flying cars. I listen, I. Right. I would never not have a car. Like, this is not Oregon Trail. I got to get to work in 30 minutes, not a day and a half. Yeah. However, do I need to get there while taking a nap? I know. No, dude, I don't need that. This isn't Wally. -E. Like, no. we're all just going to get fucking insanely overweight. Oh, God, that part in Wally -E is so. Like, crazy. that's just, that's so silly. That's not necessary. You mean all the fat people on the yeah. little scooters? Just fucking slurping down yep. high sugar drinks and. Uh, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's we're, a fucking... We're getting close. We'll see, man. We're just going to have fucking flying cars and no sex drive. 
That's well, we're definitely gonna have self-driving like semi trucks and cargo things, trains yeah. and shit like that, because that's that's happening. Yeah, there's a a guy on the Democratic ticket that's running for president, Andrew Yang. He was on the Rogan podcast, and do you know who he is? See the guy that was also on a uh, Fear Factor. Um, no. Oh, okay. I think it's Andrew Yang, something like that. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't scope that. I can't look it up because my phone is recording right now. But um. Yeah, we got like yeah. uh, what two people on live, and if you look it, it up, then we'll lose those two people. So yeah, we don't want to lose two people. Cheers. Yeah, cheers to you, two people. <laughs> Fucking. Um, but yeah, part of his his whole spiel is the UBI, the univer- universal basic income. Oh idea, yeah, yeah. Where everyone gets, I think it's like. $1,000 a month or something like that. That's a checkout term for me. I hear universal basic income and I'm like, where, where's my phone? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I need to get Snooze. on Instagram. I hear that shit and I'm just like, get the It f-. was a tough podcast to listen to. I can't believe you did it. I've actually listened to two because then he was on Ben Shapiro's show Jesus too. Jesus Christ. But, um, but the, anyway, that's kind of his spiel. Is eventually, there's whole communities that are going to lose work. Right. Like all the, the semi truck drivers and stuff, they're going to be without a job. But I don't know. It's like, I mean, we're not there yet. So, yeah. And things change, man. Things change. Have you watched Twilight Zone yet? I have not. I just watched the I second episode. To. All takes place on a plane. Yeah. Uh, the Adam from Party Down guy. Oh, cool. Yeah. He's on it. Fucking great episode. Why can't we ever think of his name? Because it doesn't matter. <sighs> Adam something. Adam, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um,. It was cool. It was, was really. It, it w- I would. Yeah, it's better than episode one. Cool for sure. Is it? Um. Oh, and real quick. Yeah. Uh, redaction from last episode of the podcast, episode sixty nine. I said if you have Amazon Prime, you're good to go. Mm. Not true. Mm. You you can access it through Amazon Prime if you have CBS All Access. Mm. Real quick. Hate this about twenty nineteen. This is becoming such a normal fucking thing. Like I've. I never thought that there would be a time where you would have too many options for TV. Makes me miss cable so fucking bad. Yes, it's on demand, but I've got to have like a fucking engineering degree to figure out, okay, I have Prime, but I don't have CBS All Access. But yeah, I can log into CBS.com with my Comcast login. Yeah, it's super annoying. Yeah, it's just, I agree. And that's coming from us who grew up with technology. Yeah. I know, I know. I'm going to go I back know. to pirating because there was a moment where pirating was actually less convenient. Wait, so in order to watch a show, you have to do what? You have to have CBS, you said? Got to have CBS All Access, and then if you have... And you have that? No. So I've just been pirating them. Oh, uh, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Call the police. Don't give a shit. Don't give I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah. Make it easier. Here's the thing. I pirated all through like the early 2000s, whatever. Cool. No, because it was the way to do it. I had to it's have the only way to do it. I had to have fucking five hundred dollars a month. Otherwise, you know, right. for fucking cable and all these premium. Whatever. And, yeah. yeah. Fuck that. Not doing it. So I would pirate. And then I would say around three years ago, it was actually less convenient. Like pirating would actually take longer than for me just to hop on Hulu, hop on Netflix, whatever. And now we're going back the other way. You guys are making me jump through so many hoops that. I'm just like, no, I'm going to go back and pirate it. I'm going to play it on my MacBook, airplay that shit to my TV in the living room, and I'm good to go. Yeah. And I, I don't have to sign up for shit. 
get a bunch of emails. It's it all comes down to convenience. I don't even think price is number one for people anymore. Just convenience. Promise me you will. Oh, absolutely. Promise Time me that you will not bury me with fucking emails. Yep. And and that's it. And we're good to go. So how do you do? You, you said you have Prime. Yeah. How are you watching Prime and Netflix? Like, how are you watching stuff? Through Apple TV in my living room. Okay. So Apple TV. Gotcha. Yep. That's the way to do it. Gotcha. All my shit. And they're just apps. Yep. And yeah. that's why Apple TV was key for me. When I bought my house, that was like the third thing I bought for my house was Apple TV because I wanted a centralized for all my fucking spider web of bullshit, Hulu, Netflix, fucking Prime, uh, whatever. I wanted to be able to access it all from one location in my living room. So from Apple right. TV, I can hop on Hulu, hop on Netflix. Like well, I told we have, you, or go ahead, go ahead. Like I told you before, uh, YouTube is probably my most used Me too. video service. Yeah. Like by a mile. By a mile now. Me too. Like way more than anything. Yeah. I Dude, I got high last night and just watched uh, uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway compilations. That's fucking awesome. Oh. I mean, YouTube is the next thing. For yeah. Sure. For it sure. has to be, dude. It's just, you know why? Because they give a fuck about the convenience everything is on youtube and it's free have you heard uh that comedian we've talked about andrew schultz yeah yep have you heard him talk about this yeah you and i talked about it oh that's right that's right i went and watched the uh episode yeah i mean he's he's spot on man he's on it i think he's i mean he's a little aggressive he's he's peppering a little bit of aggression on it because in 2019 that's what you have to do and it's also what's working for him you need to be indignant you need to be a little obnoxious even if you got some truth you you pepper that that douchebag shit on top and then the argument listen. is that you can't like um uh martin scorsese you know the, one of the biggest you know uh, most successful filmmakers of all time mm-hmm. he's making the new movie um what the fuck is it called the, the irishman or something like that about who killed jimmy hoffa but anyway the point being it's like one of the most expensive movies he's ever done at like 120 million fucking dollars for this giant feature movie. Mm-hmm. And it got me thinking of like, okay, well, people like Andrew Schultz talk about YouTube being, you know, like Netflix is already dead, according to him. Mm-hmm. Eventually, that model is gonna die. And, and there is a lot of truth to what he's saying. But how do you do Scorsese movies? How do you do, like, I'm I'm worried as a, as a film fan, because that's like one of my favorite mediums ever. It's one of my favorite art forms ever. And I worry for the future of filmmaking because, like, how? I mean, what am I asking? Like, wh- where's the home? For I think I understand movies? what you're asking. Where's the home for it? I, I think I have a rant prepared. Okay. okay. So here's here's how it breaks down in my head. Just in the last five seconds after you started talking about Scorsese and all that. Okay. So I think that you get, you know, Scorsese didn't start out getting 120 mil. Sure. But he worked up to that. Sure. Because studios had nowhere else to go. There wasn't really, not that they had nowhere to go, but there wasn't any competition. They didn't have to worry about what Netflix was doing. Blah, By the blah, way, blah. Uh, not to interrupt you, but ironically, this new movie is going to Netflix and the theater. It's one of the first time Netflix is doing this. So see, that's interesting. Yeah. theatrical so that, release and then it'll live on Netflix. That kind of works into what I'm about to say. So I think that you have decades of Scorsese shit and to a degree, studios being... Um, a slave to him. They're like, dude, we gotta, you don't just tell Scorsese, no, he goes to a different studio, they get it, and then they, you know, they yeah. make fucking million, whatever. But how, so they're making money off the theater, typically. Right, yeah. I mean, right? if, if the movie, yeah, because it's a Scorsese movie, there's a name there, people are like, oh shit, yeah, I'll go, yeah. I'll go check that out. But 
I think that as Scorsese, as you get bigger and you make more money, I have to argue that what you might lose, and it happens in a lot of mediums, with the increased income, you lose hunger because you're just being thrown hundreds of million all the time. So yeah. you're just, you're used to it. Yeah, you're like, yeah. yeah, cool. This is what I get. The lack of options creates better art. Yeah, I get that. But there's somebody under you that is a, a budding filmmaker. And this is, it's same in graphic design. It's same in social media content, uh, whatever. It There's somebody hungry that's like, I'll do that same thing for 60 mil. Right. That's half of what he wants. And then I think that as, as Netflix comes into play and YouTube, whatever, you're going to have, like, you and I talked about the movie Upgrade. Fantastic movie, right? Mm-hmm. Made for two mil. Now, is it like Scorsese level? No. But then you've got Jordan. But it's really cool. But you got Jordan Peele. He's another great example of somebody that comes in, makes killer movies that make so much fucking money, and the budget is... It's really cheap. It's well, minuscule he, in comparison. The the producer of his movies is Bloomhouse Productions. Right. Uh, Jeff Bloom or something, something Bloomhouse, Jason Bloomhouse. And he has an umbrella of horror movies that they produce and that's their whole model. Not to jump in on your conversation, but that's their whole model is is low budget movies made at a high budget quality and then they turn around and make more money. So I love that. So anyway, that's why So my point with all part this, of it, like so cool. My point with all of this is that it's it's no different than uh generations of lions mm. in the fucking Serengeti. Like Scorsese's going to go away. Because he's asking for an incredible amount that is no longer hmm. necessary. So it's almost like fucking adapt or die. Yeah. Right? Listen, you're Scorsese. You're the shit, right? However, you're only as good as your your profits. Like, what what can you bring in? And when we, we've hmm. got these dudes doing really decent shit for decent budgets... Uh, we're just we're gonna take that. That's the, the I, turnaround just, is is next to nothing. The budget is smaller. Yeah. We can do ten of those and make more. But where do they? So where do they go? Where do those movies? They live? go to Netflix because now they can afford that shit or YouTube. But but according to people like Andrew, Netflix is even behind. The That's times. fine. Then YouTube gets it too, YouTube? and it's easier because the overhead is so small. YouTube could never be like oh, that's cool. We're gonna pay Martin Scorsese a hundred. I mean, they could do that, but I think what Andrew's saying is it's not. YouTube doesn't do shit. YouTube just owns the platform. And then it's open to everyone to upload content. So you can upload a video of your foot tonight, or you can make a feature-length movie and upload it. But they know where the money comes from. The money is going to come from YouTube Red, the premium shit. And in order or to- the same producers that used to uh, budget these movies. Like what The studios can still be part of it. It's just that now it's going to YouTube. For sure, yeah. I don't know why YouTube would want to do... They, they would want... They'd want to be the producer. The entire cut, yeah, unless the producer has some sort of a, a contract with a studio and then YouTube wants to cut in on that, but there's no that's a fucking unnecessary middleman. You would just say, I no, no, that's how cool. that would work. Yeah, I, I mean, there's, listen, there's tons of red tape. You don't know what what everybody's um, hmm. contractual shit is, but I just, I, I think that... Well, the only reason I say that, because, like, the biggest YouTube stars out there aren't being produced by YouTube. Well, yeah, we're looking at two different things. You're talking about like just a YouTuber, mm-hmm. which cool. But that's not just. A, I, I know you're saying it that way, but that's not just a. You just write off. I mean, these are like multi-million-dollar making yeah. entities. But they're not Scorsese. No, you know, but they're I not, mean, they're not Casey fucking, Neistat and fucking. Uh, yeah, who's a who's a big YouTuber dude? Blonde guy from Europe. It's that fucking dork's name? Oh, I don't know. Anyway, uh, they also all there. There's a certain demographic for that too. That's true. And it's probably not the same for 
you know, if I'm if I'm if I have anything to do with YouTube, I'm trying to bring in that older demo. Because listen, it's my mom watches YouTube more than anything now. That's legit. Yeah. yeah, she I think, loves it. I think that's what you like, target. Uh, the Try Guys, and you know, like yeah, it's it's stuff that's uh, what's that channel where they do like crazy basketball shots and fucking uh, a hundred of those dude 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 something dude oh, perfect dude perfect yeah yeah like these are they're like brands now mm-hmm. those motherfuckers are making so much goddamn money and they're like applicable to everybody you have the 18 to 25 demo on lock you've got the yep. the fucking 13 to 25 13 to 30 cool the makeup tutorials and the yeah yep start start offering some money to filmmakers that put together like almost like some lifetime shit you know start making yourself yeah. like a legit like we got it all, which you know, they have the ability to do. I yeah, it's it's. I could talk about that all day because I I don't know what's gonna happen. Um, for, like the theater industry, because yeah. y- you've mentioned before, I see more movies than maybe anyone I know. Like I go to the movies a lot. Yeah, this well, this is kind of where I'm like such a terrible person to have a conversation with about this because. Part of me is like, what's going to happen with theaters? Oh, I don't know. Hopefully they all burn down. I don't give a shit. Like, I don't care about... It's a weird thing where I'm, I'm oh, not... See, I, I'm the opposite. I love going to the movie theater. Yeah. Love I, it. It's, one of, it's, it's always been one of my favorite things to do. Yeah. No, listen, I, I like it too. I just... I'm not in the industry. I'm not invested really. So I don't... Every YouTuber could die. I don't give a shit. Like, you it's not... Yeah. I have I have a very, like, nihilistic view of things that I'm not involved in it's a fun pastime like yeah it would would be a little bit of a bummer to not be able to ever go see a movie but i also yeah i'm opposite of you i I don't do that often i saw us recently and before that couldn't even tell you it might have been frozen i had to go see frozen with my grandma and my little brother yeah see and see that's 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 weird for me like that's the opposite for me Mm -hmm. because i don't even understand that like i movies for me are or the movie theater rather it's it really is the way you're supposed to watch good movies. Here's a question. Then. I mean, it's a huge goddamn screen. If it existed to it where sometimes. instead of a movie theater, you could just watch the exact same thing at home. Mm-hmm. Would you would you do that instead? With the same size screen? Well, I mean, no. That's most of it. Oh, okay. Just yeah. that it's a big screen. It's so I mean, American. It's, par- it's part of it. Yeah. It's, well, it's not just so American. It's, it's Some of these movies are made for the widescreen. I guess. Like Quint- the- Quentin Tarantino, his frame, he, he talks about it. He shoots them for that. And then like, he doesn't release them on DVD. They're going to no, be on I mean, a small screen eventually. He does. I think yeah. he's just, you know. I just, it's just literally a bigger picture. Yeah. I don't know. It's pretty fucking cool, though. Yeah. I Listen, I get does it. Does it ever trip you out how, like, see the screen right here? Yeah. And then you look at the giant screen in the theater. You think how that's, sc- like, where that fits. Oh, it's just a sure. tiny little corner. Yeah. I I mean, it's huge. I it's fuck, like the size of a fucking building. Yeah. I deal with resolu- resolution all all day it, it's it's mind-blowing but you know they they have fucking like that like, so so you don't like seeing like grand movies in a big theater i think you're alone in, i think you're not i wouldn't say i don't like it but it's not it's not in the top 100 things that i think is worth noting about life it's cool though i like it it's and weird. if the movie's great it's even better but I don't know. I think that I would sacrifice screen size for privacy. Right. For sure. Right. So. Say so again. It, yeah. I mean, we. But you like baseball. W- yeah. But we like the public part of it, too. That's the other thing. Oh, that see, that's. Yeah, some th- people don't understand. That's mind blowing to me. 
yeah, they get annoyed with the guy making noise, and mm-hmm. which I, I get, and I do too. Yeah. But I like getting out of the house and going for for many, many reasons. One of them is that if you like movies and you like the process of watching a movie and seeing how it was made and all that goes with it, like watching a band or whatever, you you uh, you have a different experience when you go to it because you're paying for it, you're parking, you're going to the thing, you're in your seat, you got your popcorn, you're sitting, you can't pause it. Like if you get up to go to the bathroom, you're going to miss something. And for all those things seem like negative things and they are, but it, it makes you pay attention. It makes you like be in the fucking moment, present. You you literally have to turn your phone off or you're going to get kicked out. Like yeah. you can't, you know what I'm saying? Like you can't sit there and just chit chat. You can't oh, look on your phone. Like when I'm at home, I'm ADD'd out and I'm way, way more distracted yeah, the the present so the present thing is a great point. I that's my favorite thing about theaters for sure is the fuck you kind of you you don't get the remote. You're yeah. just either in it or you're not. It starts at this time. Yeah, because humans need that you shit. You know, and that's that's something I really like about it. It's it's old school shit. Like we are starting this movie at seven o'clock, mm-hmm. and if you're late, you're gonna miss the first fucking fifteen. Hey minutes. man, I like that shit too. I'm all about yeah punctuality and fucking. And the culture of it, like they play the trailers before. Yeah. I don't know. I just, if you go enough, you start like, I've seen all the trailers a bunch of times. I get, I get fucking stoked for the thing coming out. And yeah. You know what's crazy though? I, I always, cause I'm the same way with the trailers. I actually, when Lindsay and I went and saw us, I said in the middle of the, like the first trailer, I like whispered to her. I was like, I fucking used to hate trailers as a kid, but like I'm borderline more stoked for these trailers than the, than the movie. And, uh, but what's, crazy and i remember seeing a couple movies in those Ooh. trailers that uh i was like dude i have to go see that couldn't fucking tell you what they are now because there was a ma- there was a fucking border it was like what two hours us was or some shit mm-hmm. uh that like almost erased my entire memory of what but i know there were a couple where i was like that is gonna be so sick yeah but you know you can always just go to uh I don't know. Do you ever go to latinoreview.com? Sounds like a porn site, but it's actually a... Uh, Latina review? I swear no, to God. Latino no, That does sound like a review. Mexican porn And review. it's like a, it's a go-to fucking Jeff Lopez who was on the podcast from Knuckle Draggers. Yeah. And say what you mean. He uh, he told me about that like a decade ago. And I still go there and they have like movie trailers and movie reviews. Oh, nice. And yeah. Well, I'll check it out. That's probably something I'd like. Yeah. It's really cool. And they seem to get them like... They get the trailers and shit like all. I don't think they get them first because that makes no sense. But yeah. I feel like I see trailers there before they're even on YouTube and shit. It's really crazy. Yeah, I I don't know. I guess what when I was bringing up the theater thing, it wasn't so much that I'm worried that the theater business is going to go away because it's something I love. That that's just a personal thing. Yeah. But as far as like a a wide scope topic, I wonder like because there's so many movies out there. Not just in the theater, but on Netflix, on Prime, fucking, you know, there's all these different apps that have movies on them. And it's just like, who, who are they making the movies for? Who, who are seeing these movies? How many people? In theaters specifically? In theaters and on demand. Like just all together, the movie business seems at a weird place right now. Like there's so many movies being made. And I, I don't have the number, so I don't know how many people are consuming these independent movies. I mean, the fact that a majority of them are know. superhero rehashes. See, that's concerning. That kind of tells you something. Yep. Hey, you guys want to see Ant-Man 7? No. It's like if it's not already a built-in audience, 
it's not already something that if she, let's just say it, it's already a story you can just fucking make it into a yeah. screenplay do we need iron man 13 no I'm yeah good. i'm so done with the comic book movies very very saturated mm-hmm. yeah i don't know man i mean that if you look at the stats like the, the last top grossing movies have all been you know the avengers and thor and spider-man and it yeah. just goes on and on yeah it's t- the spider-man thing too jesus dude homecoming and then into the spider-verse like so close together Crazy. and i thought that they were the same thing and yeah yeah even it, i was like no i have no interest in this into the spider-verse thing it literally gets it so awesome. it gets so fucking oversaturated that people like you or chris at rise tells me that into the spider-verse was good and i'm like sick don't care because i've heard about it you so, are so pessimistic sometimes fuck yeah it's like if anyone tells you something's good do you yeah. do you turn away from it because of that? if a lot of people tell me something's good yeah probably why do you think that is i don't know where's that come from is that like a i think because there's no fucking way that large amounts of people at one time are all right there's just no way like statistically that doesn't make sense to me See, and now if yeah fucking, but that goes both ways i mean oh absolutely nirvana yeah. was huge and they're great and a lot of people like them yeah and they fucking suck no i'm kidding um <laughs> like, Jesus i did never get into them but uh you know, I can respect them now, I guess. But musically, I was just never into it. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm a massive. I'm I'm a nihilist. I don't care about. Yeah, you are definitely a nihilist. I am. Yeah, I just don't care about shit. I don't care about shit except for the shit that I care about. And even that shit, sometimes I feel like I'm better at it if I care a little less. I don't know. It just depends. One hundred percent depends. Yeah, I mean, what what is what's your thing? Is it just is it music? Sometimes. Is that the thing that gets you more excited? No, sometimes music pisses me off too. Yeah, it definitely pisses me off. Yeah, it just sometimes I hear shit that. Yeah, like part of me hasn't listened to that new Billie Eilish because I think that it's gonna be. I think almost for sure track one is gonna be this intro of like a lot of like droning sounds, and if I'm right about that, it's gonna piss me off, and I'm not gonna like track two very much. Like I feel like I can predict what it's going to be. And I, I want to be wrong about that. And oh I've boy. been wrong in the past with certain things, but I just, it's just like, you know, there's a new hip hop record out. Cool. I'm going to listen to it. Oh, what do you know? It's a, there's a skit in it, you know, or, Oh, track nine is a voicemail message from Jesus Christ. It's like, Oh weird. This has never been done before. Uh, you must be a bundle of fun to go to movies with. <sighs> I mean, <laughs> I'm typically not talking with people if I'm at a movie, but I have, I have friends who talk during movies. That's insane to me. Yeah, that's crazy. What are you doing? Yeah. I've had that happen before, and I just kind of, like, let them do it and then think, do I tell them to shut the fuck up, or do I let the person behind me, who's for sure pissed off because they're kicking my seat and shit, Yeah. do I let them say it? Stefan is the worst of movies. Well, like, he talks a lot? It's not that he's talking so much. It's that, like, if there's something going on that he has a reaction to, his voice is so loud, he wants the whole theater to have the same reaction. Like if he's laughing or like, holy shit. Yeah. I mean, he's like looking around for reactions. and it's, it's fucking hilarious. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very quiet with my reaction. I feel like I want the opposite of that. Yeah. I don't want, like the, the easiest way to stop me from laughing is laugh with me. If I don't know you, if you're a yeah, friend, yeah. then we're connecting and we're laughing. But if a stranger next to me 
looks at me and starts laughing too, kind of like, hey, we're having fun, right? I'm just like, no, dude. <laughs> we're not, this isn't a thing. No, we're not fucking dating we're sharing now. a moment. Yeah, leave me alone. One of, one of my favorite things to do, and, and me and my wife both, we love going to movies on Tuesday nights because those are the discount nights. Oh, yeah, they are. And on the yep. discount nights, that's when all the plebeians show up. That's when mm. all the poor folks, right? Yeah. The, the normies. And so one of our favorite things to do is to see a shitty horror movie on a Tuesday night because it's always packed and it's always packed with like the the fucking like the g- fucking gangbanger kids and shit. And yeah. Like, oh, damn. Oh, shit. Like the girl <laughs> pops out and scares the whole audience. Like, oh, fuck. Oh, shit. Dude, it's fucking great. You guys go to like I an older it. an older theater for that? Oh, no. Like a. It's a Century 16 or whatever the fuck. It is. Oh, yeah. And they'll just have like horror films and shit. Yeah. Oh fuck! Okay, that I, theater's actually pretty crazy because there's a huge um, uh, Indian population. Oh, like okay, India Indian, not Native American Indian. Sixteen. So um, that is yeah. So they have like four or five Bollywood movies at all time. Where's that crazy. at? Uh, it's Cedar Hills Boulevard ish. Okay, that makes area. sense. I think I'm thinking maybe twenty one out uh, like Mill Plain in Vancouver, twenty or twenty one something like that. Yeah, that's also I think the same. I think company yeah i it's, like it's uh, a non-regal the one in downtown vancouver is my that's my go-to i just love that one so much for some reason is that a cenotopia i think it's no it's a regal oh okay yeah yeah regal always reminds me of like the 90s yeah they have like the glow oh god especially this one hyper color yep. yeah yeah i don't know I, I love movie theater culture like i like the vibe of it the the smell the fucking shit on the carpet and the I love it. I listen. I always I, have. Yeah. I mean, even like as long as I can remember, like yeah. asking my friends, it was always one of my number one things that I always wanted to do. I think that's awesome. But it used to like confuse people, like in the middle of like summer vacation. You know, like it was warm out and people want to go skateboarding. It's two in the afternoon, dude. But that's the hack. You go and into like, a yeah, see, you go into an air conditioned yeah. Listen, exactly, just because I'm not, I'm not on board with out. you with it doesn't mean. I also fucking hate science, but I, I need some people to like it so that there's doctors and shit out there. Like, I want people to be different for me. I don't I don't need a bunch of Allens. That'd be a, that'd be a dark-ass world. Yeah. You know, we don't need that. So, yeah, I, I support it. I you get know, it. You like baseball? What else do you like that I fucking despise? Uh, like corn dogs? I don't know. You know... I like corn dogs. My buddy Dan just told me that the Morningstar... Corn dogs are like unreal good, and I th- I'm pretty sure those Morning Stars a vegetarian brand, so that was really surprising to me. So next time I go grocery shopping, I'm try to score some of those. Um, See, I do not like those. That's not my jam. I I don't believe I will either. But I mean, at the same time, like I'm not corn dogs are the last thing I'm going to worry about the quality of. Like the best corn dog oh, yeah. in the world is dog shit. It's still just, asshole lips. And- yeah, just eat it. Um. So wait, what's your favorite sport then? Do you have a favorite sport? Fuck no. Nope. I think sports are fucking... That's not... I will... I thought I, you liked basketball. Is that not a thing? Or soccer? I forget. Do I like it? I don't know if I like... I mean, I'll watch it. Like, let's like put Blazers because it it's a Portland thing. Yeah, yeah, if I have to... If I'm watching a sport and like it's of my own volition, it's going to probably be football. But sports in general are weird right. to me. Like, well, you like MMA. I do. Yeah. 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 I'm not trying to buy a fucking, you know, Anderson Silva jersey and wear it and shit. Like, that's... It's a little different, though. Yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah, it's... 
Yeah, that would be weird because it's a dude. I mean, yeah, the same with football. You got like some dude's name on. <laughs> I know it's always been funny to me. On your back is really kind of odd. I think as a kid, I was into it, you know, because like a lot of us, I didn't know any better. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'd I'd say football. I I can watch basketball, but I don't know. I think I think football and MMA are kind of the the most like impressive sports to me i'm more impressed by those athletes than any other any other sport for sure water polo is a crazy one to me because like i'm not an incredible swimmer so the idea of playing seems impossible yeah you're essentially you're playing football and you're in water and then you're getting exhausted as the game goes on and just you know the possibility of drowning are they actually wading water the whole time i think so that's what seems impossible wild about it um, yeah, you have to be super in shape for that. I almost drowned in like five feet of water two summers ago. And now the idea of like being in an Olympic really? size swim. Fuck yeah. How'd you do that? I just, I don't know. I just did. <laughs> it was weird. Where were you? What do you mean you don't know? Were you uh, drunk or? I think it was, it might've been at Crummit. So it was like two or three years ago. And I wasn't really? drunk yet. In his pool? Yeah. I think I jumped in and I was like overzealous. Yeah. And then I, I took in some water. And then put my head up, kind of like, whoa, shit, and to go to breathe. Yeah. And I just breathed in a bunch of water. So I was like, oh, fuck. And then that made me, like, go into the water even more. And then I was like, I was just all fucked up at that point. And I kind of had to, but, you know, I swam up and I played it off. It was all good. Nobody knew until right now. So mission accomplished. But, uh, but yeah, the idea of, I was in water for 13 seconds when that happened. And now I got to do four quarters of, I don't know if they do quarters, but. Uh, a whole game of water polo that's just and i've seen dudes get hit in the face like some some guy just just chucks the ball as hard as he can and you just hear this slap and this guy gets hit and he just like falls into the water i don't know that whole thing is just when are you watching water polo like the olympics or something yeah yeah primarily the olympics right yeah i'm sure you could youtube it see some shit i don't know if there's like a is there a non-olympic water polo i don't know yeah yeah that's the weird thing about the olympics right it's like the weirdest fucking random sports that you'll never hear of yeah again for another four years yeah are you like are you watching curling curling? in may no yeah it's not happening like the many versions of archery and skiing and like no yeah no bro uh, yeah, sports are weird for me because I, when I was a little kid, same thing. Like, you don't know any better. Just by default, I liked sports. Yeah. And I played baseball. Um, that was, like, the only sport I ever played, though. And, uh, yeah, like, dug that because that's what you do in the 90s. All kids like sports for yeah. whatever reason. And then as I got older, more into music and shit, it, I got really, like, anti-sports. Like, that's for fucking jocks and those dudes. I'm this guy. That's for those guys. Yeah. And uh, I was really, like, more making fun of it. Not into it. Um, and then I got back into it. So, yeah, it's just kind of coming waves for me. Yeah. But I, I'm not, like, into sports. Like, you know, some dudes, I don't know how they have time for life. How about those guys that, like, watch the draft and <laughs> paint their face? So fucking silly. Imagine painting your face. I know. What are you doing? Yeah. That's crazy to me. I can't. Like, w- doing that one time is weird enough. But imagine doing it. Like the people who are that guy. Remember the, the fucking foul line guy at the Blazers yeah. games? He goes every home game. That's his whole fucking life. I don't like anything enough. How crazy is that? 
to paint my face for it. There's a there's a, a, a movie called Fever Pitch with uh, Jimmy Jimmy Fallon before mm-hmm. like way before the Tonight Show. What he's in that movie? Yeah. And uh, what's it, her what's her name? Is it a comedy? Yeah. Fucking blonde hair comedian. Um, Drew Barrymore. Yes, thank you. Is it really? Yeah, it is. Holy shit. Did you really just randomly I swear to God, I've never even heard of that movie. Maybe you saw the cover or something. Maybe. Maybe I'm not just crazy skilled. But anyway, yeah, so it's it's actually a remake of a British movie. The British one was a soccer movie. This is baseball. And uh, So wait, what was the British one called? uh, Fever Pitch, I think. Fever Pitch, yeah. Despite the fact it makes no sense for the sport? I think... In Europe, they refer to a ba- a soccer field as a pitch. Oh, yeah, pitch. you're right. I think, yeah. And then they just, you know, because baseball, pitcher, pitch, whatever. Um, so funny. But the story is this guy is like a fanatical Boston Red Sox fan. Like, he goes way back in his family, and he has these season tickets, and it's this whole thing. And uh, <laughs> so when she's meeting him, they're first dating, She, it's almost like a secret to her you know he's trying to hide the fact that he's this big of a fan of the red sox and he's like no no you don't get it i'm a boston red sox fan she's like okay that's cool and then you you start realizing that he's insane for the red sox and at this one point she asks like why are you so into it kind of conversation like you know um what what why does it matter if you make these games and he says something about how he's got to be there for the team you know, like he's got to support the team. And she's like, oh, so do they, do they like, uh, so they listen to you? Like they take your input? And he's like, well, no, no, not yet. And <laughs> like that's the legitimate question. She, she thinks that they actually listen to him, you know? Yeah. Because coming from someone that doesn't follow sports, that's a, that's a real question. Yeah. Are they all going to kill themselves if you don't show up? Yeah. Like there's a lot of people who think that if you don't, like a lot of superstition and it's very strange. It's, it is a really weird thing. Like I can't think about it too much because it doesn't. For me, sports, it's really is just a you can't think about it. You either like it or you don't. Yeah. You get into the the thing of it and you just have fun. Well, I think like a lot of things, if it if it's a social thing, just like going to the movies. You go to the movies with your wife. Mm-hmm. You guys are connect- that's the importance. Yep. You're there with somebody. You guys are enjoying each other's time. Cool. It just happens to be that the, you know, you guys are the subject yep. and the predicate is going to a movie. Quick, cool, done. Right. Sports, right? Same I don't. Thing. I don't think Tarantino's gonna listen to me about yeah. him. Like I, I'm not involved. Yeah, exactly. It's just a spectator. But yeah, it, it's pretty, it's fucking hilarious. It is so funny. I, for me, I try not to be. You know, I I'm more, I'm more into like the history of the thing, mm-hmm. specifically with baseball. It's more like, you know, I like the timeline of the game. Yeah. And, and how it ties in with American history and the pastime. It's not so much about like, this is my team and these are my players. I barely even can name the players on my favorite team. Right. I'm not that kind of guy. Like who's fucking pitching tonight? I don't fucking know. I don't know. I don't have time. I don't even know who they're playing now. Like that's not, I'm not a stats guy. I just, the general bird's eye view of it. That's what I like. Yeah. And I also don't have a desire to become one. Like it, Yeah. I get it. I remember one time I was uh, I was at uh, a friend's house. We were watching a, a Blazers game, and somebody was like, oh, dude, he just got, like, the third triple-double of the night. And I was like, what's that? And they legitimately, like, laughed about that. And I'm like, how are you laughing about the fact that I don't know that? And 
it would be weird if I laughed at the fact that like you do know that and that to you it's like such common knowledge. It was just a crazy thing to like. Yeah, and it's that's almost not like fucking important. You laughing at them for not knowing the the name of the drummer and you know some band, right? Which I would never do because I would be ridiculous. It doesn't right. matter. Right. It doesn't matter that I know it. Doesn't matter that they don't know it. It's it's a weird fucking thing. After the Super Bowl, my favorite thing to do is get onto uh, YouTube and watch the compilations of uh the fans of the losing team like punching their tv mm-hmm. and like grabbing their tv and throwing it across the room like their son yeah that's their four-year-old son's oh watching God, them just fucking know. lose it over a game that they have nothing to do with you didn't train fucking all year for this and like, when people say things like we did it uh, we won yeah <laughs> insane yeah it's so crazy yeah it's a weird thing I think I'm I'm lucky because my dad was always he was always a great influence in terms of like like he's I would consider him a hardcore sports fan, but mm-hmm. not like we're describing. I would never I've seen him get like pretty annoyed with his team's defense or offense or what like they're not playing well. But the idea of seeing him like pick up a TV and throw it uh, damage his own belongings mm-hmm. because his team didn't win. It's just Yeah. That's yeah, crazy. that makes no sense. I mean, I like getting together with the guys and like analyzing the statistical or the uh, like the battle of the thing, especially with football. Like, mm-hmm. why are they doing it this way? And that's that's it's an art. It's interesting that I like about it. But yeah, it can't get past that. Like, you got to remember, you have nothing to do with this. Yeah. It's a spectator thing. You appreciate what they're doing. And the thing you're spectating is like widely referred to as a game. It is a game. Like it's the child's game. Just chill the fuck out. Watch yep. the game. Understand that it will not affect you unless you're like some heavy gambler and you just lost yeah. three thousand dollars or something. Yeah, cool. Be upset, but I think for me, Alan, I I really like to. It's important for me because I I can get in my head and I can get kind of dark on things, right? And kind of negative, and I want to. I want to get into things that are bigger than myself. Right. And I think that's why I like baseball. It's why I like movies or why why you probably like, you know, bands and the, the that industry or whatever. I just like when there's a, a thing that's going on that's like affecting a a whole thing, a whole scene, a whole community. Like the Conor McGregor rise was really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Like that was a fucking spectacle, man. Yeah. But it meant nothing for me. Like like technically Personally, right. that didn't. Aff- I had nothing to do with Conor McGregor's rise, other than being a supporter. Mm-hmm. Maybe he got a couple of my bucks, and maybe you know what I'm saying. But I didn't train him. I didn't hadn't have anything to do with the skill set of that guy, or Mike Trout on the Angels, or fucking so and so on the Blazers. Like that's technically true, but at the end of the day, it it does bring positivity and some light to to people's lives do you I think like that's why it, that's why i like it do you like those um baseball like kids movies like rookie of the year and angels oh, in the outfield yeah. and shit? well not i mean not all of them but yeah rookie of the year is a fucking classic I remember that one that's the that's the kid one right because there's the rookie and then the rookie yeah rookie of the year is like a kids one from the 90s right yeah chicago boy yeah yeah, Cubs. yeah i almost said bears I don't, I don't remember it though Dude, you remember the funky butt loving scene? Is that Rookie of the Year? Yeah. Uh, no, I just I mean, remember that being a '90s thing. Yeah, the fact you didn't I just remember immediately the funky say yes, butt loving. dude. It's 
But no, I mean, like, fucking Sandlot, hell yeah. Oh, yeah, Sandlot's a classic. I mean, and then, like, all the baseball movies that are not kid movies, like Bull Durham, fucking awesome. So you know how, like, in your iPhone, uh, you, you can put somebody's first name and then last name, and then it has a line for company? And if they don't have a company, you just, like, put a note about them? Uh, my friend Emily is yeah, in my yeah. phone as her first name, her last name, and then under company, I just saw this the other day, it says, uh, has never seen the Sandlot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think we can be friends if you've never seen the Sandlot. I, yeah, listen. Oh, dude, I bought a fucking shirt the other day at the uh, baseballism, baseballism store. They're a baseball brand. Anyway, you don't care about that shit, but I do. They, uh, they had an open house thing for the Portland Diamond Project, and I got a Sandlot shirt, bro. Dude, that's sick. Yep. And I'm, I got a major league shirt. That one, I, I'm That's another about. yeah, another classic. I'm going to make you watch this. Uh, it's 17 seconds long. Do it. Funky butt loving scene. Good. And now. Wait. I got to turn off the fireplace real yeah, quick. Yeah, I was like. <laughs> is this place on fire? Rotate from the shoulder slowly. Oh, I do remember this thing. Oh, 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 Come on, classic. So why does he? What's the story? Why does he have that power? He so he's a. a I can't believe I even remember this, but uh, yeah, like how do you remember? This? He's a little league pitcher or some shit, uh-huh. and uh, he's just kind of doing his thing. And then he he's running to go to do something, and somebody had thrown the ball and he didn't see it or something. He slips on the ball and he lands on his shoulder. Injuring it and also injecting it with superhuman power because that makes a fuckload what? of sense. And now he can just pitch like faster than a pitching machine. An injury makes that happen? Yeah, he slips and his shoulder it's fucking not- lands on the ball and then he gets up and all of a sudden can. Is there like a curse or something in there? No. Later about? I don't believe it gets supernatural like that. Yeah. And so uh, I think also there's like a kind of a, like a, what do you call it? Like a plot curve or some shit where. Plot twist. Not really a twist. It's just like part of the plot is that when his shit heals, he loses it. And eventually his arm does heal. Mm. And it's like, of course, right before the big game. Right. And, you know, spoiler alert for anybody watching. I apologize. Uh, He's not sure if he can do it. And then so now he just has to rely on what he's learned because he gets picked up by the the Chicago Cubs. Mm -hmm. And so he obviously gleans a lot of professional info from the team. And so he's basically forced to use that info and just as a fuck, I don't know, 13, 14 year old, whatever he is, Uh, just actually pitch in the MLB without that power and still strike this fucking dude out. And I can't remember if he does. I would assume he does because I think it's a Disney movie. And yeah, I remember being very Disney vibe. Yeah, that's cool. Now, I I love all I mean, not all the baseball movies because a lot of them are so cheesy. But yeah, Bull Durham. Do you remember Bull Durham? No. Kevin Costner. And uh, what's her fucking name? Susan Sarandon, Tim Robbins, late 80s. I love uh, Tim Robbins. He was in the movie Nothing to Lose. You ever seen that? Yeah, I love that movie. That should be my movie pick. Fucking, yes, that's a great movie. God, that movie's so Martin Martin Lawrence. Lawrence. Yeah. You better fucking believe it. Sandlot, Moneyball. Did you see Moneyball? No. Really good. That's a recent one, right? Really good, yeah. Brad Pitt. Yeah, a lot of people said it was great, so I was like, nah. Jesus Christ! <laughs> how you how you do it? Major League, Field of Dreams, A League of Their Own, bro. 
A League of Their Own is one of my favorite movies of all time. So that's a legitimately good baseball movie, too. Tina Davis. It's a fucking dream girl. It's a true story. That's um, sick. The Rookie is a Disney movie, but really cool story. He's a four, like a 39, 40-year-old dude who tried uh, to make it in the majors when he was younger as a pitcher. Mm-hmm. And then he like hurt his arm or something. And then he goes on to just be some fucking dad and like a coach, some small farm town in the middle of nowhere. This is a true story. And then uh, his team always heard that he like he had the heater going up, right? And so they they have they make a bet with him that if if they win the season or something like that, that then he has to go to the tryouts this coming spring or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. And so they end up winning, and he has to fulfill his bet. And anyway, he gets picked up, I think by the Oakland A's or some shit, and he pitches for one season. He doesn't make it very far. But it was a true story. This guy in his 40s went back to the major leagues and pitched in the major leagues. Did you ever hear the the story about the the dude that was high on acid and pitched a perfect game? Fuck, of course I have. He's one of the most baseball legends. Check me out, time. man. I fucking hate baseball, and I'm over here just like having a convo with you about you, it. You hate baseball because you hate baseball. I'm the fucking shit. I can talk do to you, anybody do you understand about what I'm anything. Saying? Do you what? understand what I'm saying? What? Sometimes people don't like things or they like things. Or they're just strong opinion about something. Yeah, because they do. <laughs> what? Because it's it's who the it's just the thing now. That's I am someone who. So you don't think I genuinely hate baseball? I'm, I'm not saying you don't or do. I'm saying that I have found myself many a time being that person. Well, you should stop doing that. But I'm I, not doing I'm that. I'm trying to do that. <laughs> I I try to do that all the time because like. There have been whole fucking bands and like scenes that I was just like, that's not, that's not for me. Yeah, but like you were recently, younger then, right? No, this happens all the time. It oh, happens okay. all the time. See, I did like that shit. Like recently, getting back into ska. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I, most of my friends would Because it's like safer now. I guess, yeah, yeah. I think I'm just older and I don't give a fuck anymore what people think. Dude, same. I listen to some or, music now that like 14-year-old Alan would fucking yeah. skewer me for. That's what I'm saying. That's actually a good point. Not what I'm doing with baseball. Swear to God. Hated it since I was born. That's fine. It might have been my first words. Hi, I'm Alan. Hey, baseball. Yep. Yeah. Baseball's trash. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm Alan. I hate baseball. I, I'll never be on a podcast with somebody that is super obsessed with baseball. Yeah. Well, whatever, bro. You're lost. What was I going to tell you? Oh, yeah. So the LSD thing. The thing I... The, the talking point I brought up about a thing I don't like because I'm a renaissance man. I can talk about it anything. Uh, what was his name? Do you remember his name? Um... And was it no. true? Yeah, it is true. It's very much God, true. It's crazy. And then yeah. you know about Wade Boggs, right? Drinking all that beer. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it's always sunny do a thing. Yep. Um, yeah. What's the fucking name of that guy? It's like Willie. I feel like Willie is the first name. Yeah. If I'm right. Oh my God. He because he thought he had the day off. <laughs> Doc Ellis. Damn it. Yep. Pittsburgh Pirates. In the 70s, I want to say. Crazy. Crazy story. Did you ever see the documentary for that? Uh, was it the Vice one? Um, I saw a was Vice. That like a 20-minute yeah. Vice thing, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think so. I think it was on Netflix even. It's crazy that you can... I don't know, man. I need to do acid. That's actually... That's legitimately on my bucket list. I see. I don't, I'm, I'm good. I'm all set. But see, I keep hearing that I might do, I could try like a little mushrooms maybe. I was just going to say, I keep, I you keep hearing flip flop shit. Dude, you got to do mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Mushrooms are natural. Like 
that's dude they're from the earth like that's way safer acid is a fucking chemical and then i've heard people say the opposite like yeah but the chemical is controlled so you want that mushrooms will fucking they will they will take you away you don't want that shit so have you you haven't tried i haven't done either okay well i haven't tried acid a lot of people i know have and i definitely did a lot of mushrooms as a as a young lad time out go ahead do you were you at the the crummit pool party where i was just fucking done like drunk done oh my god yeah like Um, terrible have i never are you aware of this story about me getting dosed at crummit's house no i don't think so oh my god i don't think i was there i don't know i don't know if i want to even put this out there dosed yeah with what lsd oh my god swear to god so you have done it you just didn't know it i yeah really i'm trying to think if i can tell I don't really have like the energy to tell the fucking full story. I can tell like I can tell a short version. Okay. Well, yeah, you can't just start that short version. Say it. Uh, I get to Crummit's pool party at like fucking noon, like a narc, because I don't think it started till like three p.m. And uh, I was like, uh, "You need help setting up? Like, what do you need?" And I was there with uh, my buddy Vinny, and he's like, "Yeah, man, if you can like you know move some of this." some of these chairs around, whatever. So we put these like, uh, those like wicker chairs that he has all around yeah, the pool. Yeah. Was this a couple years ago? Yeah. 20 shit, dude. This might've been 2015. Oh, okay. Like early. Yeah. Pool parties. Gotcha. And, uh, yeah, I'm almost positive it was 2015. So we do that. And then I'm like, anything else? He's like, honestly, no, dude. I think like we hammered a lot of it out this morning, last night, like pretty much good to go. So like he starts putting the food out and stuff. I'm just like eating a couple chips grab a beer and then other people start like a lot of the OGs also showed up early, like uh fucking um, Austin and Stefan, you know? Yeah. North so Coast. yeah, exactly. North Coast was there. So I'm hanging with uh, Austin. We're just sitting on like one of the little like couch chair things out there by the pool and, and people are kind of like uh, filing in and I don't know a lot of that crew. I know like all the, the staples, but there's like some outliers I'm not right. aware of. And of course, the staples all know those guys so one guy is like going around because now everybody's sitting in every chair around the pool one guy's going around and he's like saying hi to everybody just like literally almost like a book tour like he's just like fucking so he comes over to austin and i and whoever was right before austin and i he gave him like the weirdest handshake so as he walked towards austin and i uh austin starts making fun of him austin was like uh Hey man, that was like the weirdest handshake ever. What the fuck was that? Yeah. It's like there were no bones in your arm. What that was the, you know what? And I, so yeah, I start I laughing because that's yeah. fucking funny. And the guy almost gives Austin this look of like, you get a pass because I know you. But then looks at me to say hi, shakes my hand, and looks at me kind of like, that's not cool. Like don't laugh at me. Yeah. Like instantly he stopped laughing as soon as he touched my hand. So I'm like, all right, that was weird, but like I don't care, whatever. So he goes off and he does his thing. I have a feeling I might know who this person is. See, and I, I can literally describe like the color of shirt he was wearing. That's all I remember at this point. Because I was going to ask you what he looked like. Mm-hmm. You, you know, like, does he look remotely like me? Like dirty blonde hairish? We, about my height? We can talk when we're done with this. Okay. We'll, we'll do a little investigative. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I know who it journalism. is. Uh, well, let me tell the whole story. You I've told, told you before, my friends are shitheads. You, They're yeah. not good people. This this guy. Well, it's weird because it's like <laughs> I'm just kidding. On one hand, fuck this oh, guy, okay. but on the oh, other okay. hand, when I finish the story, you'll be like, well, he kind of didn't really fuck you up that bad. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, 
I'm like, okay, whatever. So I go and I do my thing. I'm drinking heavily. Craig from Rise is there. Sean, fucking uh, Michael, who at the time was in Issues. There's a bunch of, and I'm just like blackout drunk and just like giving them my like Shark Tank pitch on whatever idea I've got. <laughs> and uh, they're all. So you're already fucked up. Oh, dude, I'm done. Yeah, it's like. I'm going to have a fucking four-day hangover. It's going to be right. really bad. And it's like 5 p.m. Okay. So I'm saying hi to people. I actually remember quite a bit of it. And then <laughs> this is literally going to sound unbelievable. I go into Crummit's kitchen and there, he's got like this gnarly spread. I think there was like KFC chicken and then all these like different like diced fruits and shit. It was heavenly. And so I'm eating it and that guy comes over and he's with two girls and I don't say hi to him, but like I said hi to what I assume is his girlfriend. Probably terrible move considering the guy was already mad at me. And uh, I was like, this chicken is so good. And she was like, oh, yeah, I love this. You know, this is fucking I like this stuff over here. You should have some of this. Yeah. And we're just talking. And he just goes, hey, man, I think you should take off. And I go, "Mm, I'm good. I'm eating chicken. And he goes, well, you don't need to leave the party, but you need to walk away from the table. And so at that point, drunk Alan is like, he doesn't like that I'm here. Uh So I'm going to be here for a while. Like, we're going to have fun with this. Yeah. So I go, okay, yeah, I will as soon as I finish this piece of chicken. And I'm eating it. He's like, no, you need to go. And I finish the chicken and I go, yeah, but it's really good. So like one more. And I grab another one. I'm just like, how long can I do this until he fucking flips the whole table? You know, whatever. And uh, <laughs> I get cocky and I grab this piece of like honeydew. And I, I go, yeah, but you know, fruit's important. There's vitamins and stuff. So I need to eat this. So I, I put the whole fu- big ass pieces, put the whole thing in my mouth. And I'm talking with him and then I swallow too soon and I am legitimately choking to death while I'm in this like feud with this guy. <laughs> so now you're like, so actually, what do you do pause, now? I actually need your help. So he's like, no, you need to take off. And I was like, all right. And I give him this nod kind of like, I'll leave now. But it was just to walk into Crummit's foyer and, <laughs> and choke to death and figure out how to stop choking. Yeah. So I'm legitimately, I'm a little bit proud of myself that through like a blackout kind of thing i had like the wherewithal to do this but i'm <laughs> looking at the pictures and like some art that he had like almost like i'm just in the foyer to like admire this art not because i needed to excuse myself from other humans and figure out how to get this fruit unlodged from my throat right so i'm like trying to like move my neck and my head around like just swallow this fucking shit like it, there's no way like just get it down it's not going down i start punching myself in my throat i'm alone punching myself in the throat like I can mash this shit enough to swallow it, whatever. <laughs> and it works. And I'm like, boom, see, we're good, Alan. Don't even worry about it. And I walk out of the foyer back to the kitchen and he's still there. And I was like, I had to come back for some of this chicken, man. It's so good. And he's like, man, I'm telling you, you got to you got to fucking go. And I was like, dude, last piece of chicken, calm down. And I grab it and I walk away and he goes, hey, man, you forgot your beer. And I come back and I had a Tecate. And so I grab the can of beer from him. And when I grab it, he won't let go of it. Swear to God, this is true. And I look at him kind of like, why the fuck aren't you letting go of my beer? And he was doing it so he could get my attention. He looks me in the eye and he goes, have a nice trip, dude. And in my like blackout head, I'm like, oh, like trip out of the room because he wants me to leave. What? And I was like, okay, yeah, whatever. And I'm just drinking my beer, like yeah. not giving a fuck, just sauntering right out of the kitchen. And then fast forward an hour and everybody tells me, you know, I've talked to Crummit since and uh, Tony, Vinny, all these people. And they're like, dude, you were just in the corner talking to yourself talking about the shit that you're seeing and i told them i remember seeing shit floating all over the place and a couple people that were trying to help me and like get me a lift there were like these like bright lights like on their shoulder just like hanging out 
and I kept like trying to touch them and shit. I was just, I was like, what? I've been blackout drunk. Were you so much aware enough to be like scared? No. Because you were just so fucked up. Because I was blackout. Yeah. So I'm just like, that's kind of good then. Right. Exactly. So then I, I have four people literally that can attest to this. I tried to send them text messages saying like help. And the texts were literally like the letter B 700 times. And then I text that was to my roommate at the time, Ryan, like, come get me. But it was just a bunch of B's. And then to uh, my mom, which was like HJJ. While you're still at the pool party? Yeah. I'm sitting on Crummit's front porch. Okay. And uh, I'm like, what the fuck? So luckily, the app, the Lyft app is the shit because if all your info is in there, you open the app. I can do that. Just hit one button, even in that state. And then you hit get lift. And then that's it. Two buttons. and You got somebody to pick you up. I still remember her name was Carrie. And she was in this like black Jeep Cherokee, which was glowing with like heavenly white light. <laughs> oh I was God. like, get me the fuck out of here. What? And I get in and I'm like, hey, Carrie. She goes, hey, Alan. With this tone of almost like she knew what I had been through. And uh, we were driving <laughs> and I'm like. drug angel. Yeah. I'm like, I'm real fucked up. And she's like, it happens sometimes. Hey, dude, the sun is still out. It's not even dark yet. Right. I get home. I pass out. I wake up the next day. I should have. My head should be melting off my shoulders, like just the gnarliest hangover of all time. I was golden. I felt fucking incredible. No hangover. I felt a little odd, but like no hangover, no pain. And I'm just like recounting the day. Uh, Felt a little bit goofy the next day. And then I was fine. That's fucking crazy. 100% like not a problem. So, so you, part of me is like, wow, dude, what a date rapist. And the other part is like, it wasn't GHB. It was, it was fucking acid, which if anything, like, yeah, I made an ass out of myself at the party, but I was blackout drunk. I already did that to myself. It had to have been acid because what else is liquid? Right. Right. Yeah. Cause isn't DMT something you have to smoke? That I don't know. I'm pretty sure you have to smoke DMT and mushrooms. You have to consume uh, there is like tincture you can do though but the way you're describing it that doesn't sound like mushrooms no there's no fucking way and i would have known there'd be chunks and shit or i'm saying you can make like a drop droplets now but that's crazy odds are it was probably lsd that is fucking crazy and really not cool and also by the way that you're describing that person with like the hey you should leave attitude that doesn't sound like one of the people i was thinking okay most of my friends are fucking pussies they, they don't confront that way. Right. And if, I mean, they, listen, and if they did, they would just come up and start fighting. He, he told like me, my friend, they're either on or off. There's no like, yeah. hey, bro, it's time to fucking leave. I mean, he told me to leave like 17 times. So I. Right. That's that's why I'm like, uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Was he doing it in like a tough guy way or is he just saying like, you're being really annoying. You should probably leave. No, no, it was like a tough guy thing, hmm. which is why I didn't respect it. Stefan walked in at one point to like grab some chicken. And he like sort of witnessed it. Once again, yeah. I, have, I have no idea how much like, or does he drink? Seven? Yeah. No, like a handful of times a year at okay. best. I thought maybe he was one of the people I know that like straight doesn't In the back of the day, he straight didn't. Oh, okay. Yeah, like growing uh, up. Yeah, so I don't know how much he had had or like how much he was even paying attention, but uh, he came right. in and I remember looking at him kind of like, you must know this guy and I don't. So like, what's your comment? He took a bite of chicken and he walked away. So I was like, okay, I'll keep talking with this dude right because maybe that's fucking crazy it was insane gotta know who that is now yeah but i mean you know dude, that's an insane story 
thank you. You know, it, it sort of helped me out a little bit. That's fucking nuts. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, I, I never, like I said, I didn't do LSD, but I, I definitely did a good amount of mushrooms. See, my fucking problem and my stupid friends is that we, we never did any reasonable amount. We always did a lot. Right. So see, that's the thing I try to keep in mind when people go, man, this will fuck you up. You don't want to. See, I'm that's like, the thing. But yeah. are you responsible when you fucking take it? Well, what see, what I'm hearing, though, is like mushrooms, if you just take a little bit, like a couple caps, just a small amount, it's like one of the funnest, easygoing, yeah. not bad trip. You know what I mean? Like just a real good time, real loose. Uh, but I never had that experience. We would take like an eighth. Oh, okay. Know, like just shoving Jesus. into our mouth. Yeah, and you're supposed to share that amount, right? Yeah, yeah, but we're like four to five people. But we were just, you know, out of our minds. But yeah, so you trip balls for like eight, ten hours. <laughs> in like the most... Just a full work day. Profound, crazy way. Yeah. Mushrooms, uh, one of my, my good friends described it as the feeling of dying oh sick yeah so not but to 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 like really zero in on what that means it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that you feel like i'm in pain and i'm dying or like i'm so scared that i'm dying or i'm so sick i'm dying it's not like that it means that it feels like you have already it's almost like you've already died Mm. did you ever watch the movie interview with a vampire it's kind of an obscure reference no well there's a part in the movie when I think Brad Brad Pitt's character wakes up as a vampire mm-hmm. and he's looking through the world through his vampire eyes and he's seeing everything for the first time and like things kind of change and there's like a filter on the film now. And that's kind of what it's like. It's like you are Alan, but like fucking vampire Alan. Now you, yeah. Everything is the same, but way different. Just yeah. yin and yang now. Like you can touch the walls and see that movement like the matrix dude like, yeah it's fucking so crazy yeah <laughs> time doesn't exist anymore like at all hallucinogenics are the one thing that i can't get all of the anecdotes i get are heavily conflicting yep well that's why if you're gonna do it do it for you do it in a safe place do it with friends that you really love and trust you know, like have a really open environment. Like I know it sounds all hippy dippy, but that's really, really important. Like friendship and warmth and trust. You don't want to, don't do it and go to a Blazers game. Don't do it and like <laughs> fucking walk around the hood. Like be somewhere, go to a house, be contained, be safe. Jesus. You know? Put on music you like. Yeah. Like really, because cause it, it really can get pretty nasty. One of my most insane experiences was that was at the coast when we took mushrooms. It was the last time I ever took mushrooms. Probably like 19, 20, something like that, 21. And uh, I, I mean, oh my God. <laughs> Lost my fucking mind, dude. Lost my fucking mind. We took, someone had brought chocolate that they had gotten like five different kinds of mushrooms and melted it into one little Halloween candy. And so we each got our own little bat and or like a pumpkin or the fuck it was. And then we proceeded to just lose our fucking minds. My, my buddy Tom got so crazy. He went back to the little yurt we were staying at, like a little cabin yurt thing. And, 
I was in there alone hiding in my sleeping bag, like clawing at the fucking wood, just like Jeez. wanting to fucking die. And then he came in and he was like leaning next to me in this room that was like off to the side. And he just like peeks his head out and he's beat red and just totally sweating profusely. And he's saying like, you know, you can't call Ashley, James. No, she can't help you now. Where's Dylan? Where's Joe? Where did David go? Where's Josh? I'm like, oh, dude, they're on the beach. It's all good, man. We're at Pacific City, like gorgeous sunny day. He's like, dude, dude, they are arrested. They are in jail. They've gotten arrested. We can't, we can't expect to do this and get away with it. He's just freaking me out, making it even worse. So I'm like, I, I gotta leave Tom. I love you, man. I'm, I'm, I'm out of here. So I grab my backpack and just fucking walk by myself. I go to the beach. I call Ashley. And it had felt like a month had gone by. Like Damn. a legitimate calendar month. Yeah, you hear that a lot. So much time. Like, when have I seen you last? When was the last time I saw you, Ashley? Yeah, that's one of the few common details I hear is yeah. that time passes very often. And I still don't know if I was like hallucinating this, but I kept saying to her, there's a lot of trucks driving around. <laughs> She's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, there's trucks. There's like all these rednecks and trucks. And Tom thinks that Dylan went to jail. And I can't find any of my friends and everyone's in prison. And then I, I find my friends up on the dune and I look over and my buddy Dylan is puking into the ocean. That's the guy that was just yelling and shit? <laughs> yeah. No, no, that was Tom. Oh, okay. My buddy Dylan is puking in the ocean um, and Tom is now up on the hill and he's in a shit like in the shadows of the tree like hunched over with his hood on like fucking sketchy as shit just sitting there staring at yeah, all of Tom's us Tom's a creep dude. and I'm still for some reason I just keep like clawing at the earth I'm just clawing yeah, why away. are you clawing so I don't much? know dude I'm just like trying to get out of this place the mushroom just turns you into a cat yeah I'm turning into a cat Dylan's puking he's being creepy in the bush I'm clawing you guys are just falling apart we're losing our fucking minds meanwhile kid like families or ever kites it was like a you know oh, it was like daytime day. daytime i was picturing night no daytime 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 and we also when we got there it was kind of crappy weather so we packed for like a colder day so we all had like hoodies on and like God. boots way dressed for the wrong environment and then it got really sunny and warm and at one point this a dad comes up with his two kids up the hill <laughs> he sees tom he sees me clawing up the earth Dylan puking in the ocean. He just whoosh, turns around. He's like, oh, okay. We'll just go this way. He oh takes his kid God. down the dune. Um, so, so anyway, long story short, then we, then we do lose Tom. We can't find Tom and we can't find Dylan. Two of our friends are missing, right? And then we find Tom and he had been up back at the yurt or whatever. And he was like sobbing because he thought Dylan had fallen in the ocean. <laughs> he thought Dylan was dead. So he convinced all of us that Dylan was dead now. So I remember even talking to Ashley, like, we can't find Dylan. Tom seems to think he's dead. I don't know. She's like, that can't be true. I'm like, that can't, it's, it's all right, man. Just relax. It's the worst Jesus. fucking day ever. And uh, we, we, like, step outside. And when we come back in, Tom had left the fucking cabin and had gone up into the forest. And he had brought nothing but the boxers he was wearing and a can of beans. Dude, <laughs> all of his shit was still in the air. Nightmare. He had taken off. He had been pissing in cans in the cabin for some reason. 
Like, he lost his fucking mind. Uh, turns out Dylan didn't die. He was fine. He was just taking a walk. And then he became, I remember him becoming like Jesus Christ, because that'll happen on these trips. You have one person that is like the positive light. And he became like the Messiah for all of us. Like, we followed him. Yeah. He was so happy and like, why do you know what? Like, look at the sunshine. He was just the guy. Is he like that typically? Um, no. Oh, okay. He can be pretty vile, actually. Oh, wow. Pretty toxic, but only when he drinks. But yeah. Uh, yeah, crazy, crazy story. Tom lost his mind, went up in the hills, pissing cans, brought beans with him. You can ask North guy, he was there. It was the craziest day of my life. How old were you when you had sex for the first time? Uh, 15. Okay, yeah. That's about right. Yeah. I think that's average. What about you? 14. Yeah. You nerd. 15. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it was horrible. Was your first experience horrible? Oh, yeah. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible. In Dylan's garage. <laughs> His parents were out of town. Or, Damn. Yeah, the garage and then the bathroom. Damn, twice in one night? Yeah. Same girl, twice in one night. After my first time, I was like, I'm never doing this shit again. Yeah. Yeah, I remember being very confused about it. Yeah. I remember being really depressed because like... Yeah, I was like, this sucks. I look forward to it so much and I was like, this thing that I was told is the shit is uh, is not. Yeah, wh- where were you? In my bedroom. Up. It was like your girlfriend or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, my, my girlfriend and I were in my bedroom playing video games and my dad was like the ultimate wingman. He he came in the bedroom and he goes, uh, he goes, hey, uh, I got to go pick up uh, your stepmom. He said mm. her name, but it feels, well, no, I'll say her name. Her name was Nola. He goes, I got to go pick up Nola. Uh, and she worked at a Safeway like three and a half minutes up the road. And uh, he goes, I'll be back in an hour, which makes no sense, you know. But that was code for. Oh, wow. Do what you got to do. Get it on, bro. Yeah. And uh, which, cool. you know, listen, cool. Thanks, dad. But at the same time, like a high, f- a verbal high five from your dad. It's not like the best way to start. Especially if you said, how old were you? 14. That is kind of young. Yeah. I mean, I always, people always tell me that 15 is young. I think it was him just kind of being like. That's pretty young. If that's what you guys are into and you're there, because I don't know what your relationship with her is like. You're going to do it anyway. Then like, cool. Yeah, yeah. You've got. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, he left and I was like, so what's up? We, and she was, <laughs> she was really into the idea. I was kind of like, like I knew as soon as he left, she was going to be like an hour. Right. That's plenty of time. And I was like, ugh, I don't know. Like you just nervous about the whole thing. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah. And went through with it and yeah, it was just terrible. Yeah, it was terrible. Didn't I, even need an hour at all. Nope. Could have could have had a horrible time in just the real amount of time it would have taken for my dad to go three minutes up the road and, and back. Yeah, mine wasn't even my girlfriend. Oh, interesting. Just a, a girl, a friend of ours that partied with us and dated like three of my other friends. And weird, man. Yeah, it's it's one of those funny. things. Like I've never heard, I've never he- heard of a good first sexual experience, but. It's this weird like rite of passage. You just you have to. It's unavoidable. Yeah, you got except for. I'm not even. Is it supposed to be good? Like, here's my question. Just get it done. It's kind of piggybacking on that question. Is it better if you wait until you're like 20? Hmm. Or is it one of those things that it's going to suck your first time, whether you're 14 or 40? I don't that's know. If I had waited till I was 20, I mean, I did a lot of fucking in those years. Those are that's like the majority of it for me. It was young yeah. young days. 
Yeah, because, well, you know, I've been with Ashley for so long that that's when, yeah, that's when most of that happened. Right. It, but what I'm saying is that because you worked up experience and so it started to get better in your 20s because you did it a lot in your 20s. But if you never did it and maybe it's just masturbation from, you know, whatever, 14 yeah. to like 40 years old and you lose your virginity at 41, do you think it's better? Because you would have to assume your partner is not going to be a virgin. It's mm -hmm. very unlikely you're going to find another 41-year-old virgin. So would that help? Like you let her kind of control the situation? Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, probably. You would have to argue that, yeah, it, it would. It would have to be. It just has to be the right person, I think. Because I think a lot of what made my experience bad is that we were both, like we didn't know what we were doing. So I couldn't be like, is this right? She'd be like, I don't fucking know. I don't fucking know. I'm a kid. Yeah. I know. I think she had... It'd be so weird if she said, I don't know, I'm a kid. Were you guys... So you guys were both virgins together? Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah but by the way, that would be very weird. I don't know, I'm a kid. Yeah. Um, be like, shit, I had a hard time getting hard, and then you called yourself a kid, and now we're good to go. See, now that I think about it, she wasn't a virgin. She had had sex, I think, with one, one of my friends right before. So like one time, though? I think. Yeah. Something like that. That's still like, yeah, that's no experience still, you know? Yeah, I mean, she was 15 as well, so couldn't have been that much. And there's, I mean, let's talk about just the minutia of of intercourse. There's a lot of little... I know. There's a lot of little things you need to know. Things so many things. on the scope seem incredibly minuscule, like just not important whatsoever. Yeah. But all together are of the utmost importance. It's the weirdest... It's the weirdest thing. And well, it's just, it's trial by fire. You just fucking, you go and then it sucks. And then you're like, okay, this part of it sucked. I'm going to try to figure that out. I don't know. And then there's a lot of like socializing at that age too. For sure. I remember uh, my friend Mike saying one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life. He goes, dude, I, uh, I fingered a girl last night. And I was yeah, like, I remember fingering. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, no, -uh, what, what was that like? And he goes, check this shit out. Right. So when your fingers in there, it feels wet. And then you take it out. Your finger's not wet. <laughs> Still one of the funniest fucking things. Uh, but I remember like me being 14. Oh, you just blew my mind with those memories. Me being 14, I was like, like that didn't entice me. I was like, oh, so it's like some alien shit. I'm not into it. Oh, right. Because you're like, that's not natural. Like, what are you saying? Dude, that's magic. I don't want that. That's weird to me. Yeah, dude. Like all of those years before sex and even like after because even like when you first have sex, it's not like you're just banging every day after that. There was so many like finger banging and grabbing boobs. And that was like what you did for the day. Yeah. And like dry humping and July shit. So I had whole like, like slews of girlfriends that that's all we did. Yeah. Because we were too young. Yeah. Because before, before I had had sex, I was, I was still like, you know, holding on to like the Christian childhood that I grew up with. And I was really nervous about being... Um, you know, having sex. Like I did, I wasn't ready I, at all. Like I didn't want to do it. And then something fucking switched. Yeah. And I just fucking went to the dark side immediately. Hormones, man. Fucked. I did drugs. I fucking, we had so much fun in high school and I don't regret a goddamn thing. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, it's, uh, it's hilarious to think that you'd like go over to your girlfriend's house and and be stoked about just stoked about yeah stoked about your dick being swollen by the so end of the night but never swollen. leaving your pants ever not once you're like i'm not even gonna take my dick out and it's gonna hurt so bad in six hours like just hours of laying next to a girl and just grabbing her yeah 
just feeling butts and mm-hmm. boobs and oh dude i remember in weird. S- 6th grade my girlfriend in 6th grade i uh i had literally only ever kissed a girl at that point that was in 5th grade 6th grade i was dating this girl jessica and we had computer lab together and we would share one computer and i would let her just do her thing and i would just put my arm around her yeah and that that was crazy that right? might as well have been that was the sexual equivalent of like a gangbang right 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 i was like this, this is, is f- the tightest <laughs> shit of all time totally dude but you know i'm a sixth grade what is that fucking, shit? i'm 12 years old essentially yeah i i got going pretty young with that stuff like i started kiss girls in like third grade yeah that is well dude yeah. i mean a fucking preschool man i used yeah. to spend recess like basically getting girls to sign up for because nap time was always right after recess yeah so i would spend recess going up to the girls i liked and being like hey how about this when it's nap time i'm gonna like crawl over to you and then you just pull your pants down let me kiss your butt (laughs) i would say that and here's you want to hear the craziest part james all of them were like deal Uh all of them that's so creepy and so i would cry i'd army crawl over as soon as the teacher left what was in it for them? Some butt kissing? Yeah. These soft tight, lips. Man. These soft lips on their butt. Soft lips and soft cheeks. Yeah. And so I army crawl over and I go, Sabrina, let's get it. Check and this out. She'd pull her pants down, one kiss, and then I'd <laughs> army crawl over to Kaylee. <laughs> Your turn. Why did you even know what that, like, that's a funny thing. Why did I choose kid? that, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I know. Why was I into that? I was just like, if I could do anything, I don't kiss their butt. I want to kiss this girl's butt. Yeah. That's fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. I remember that vividly. Were you a romantic kid? I was. I was. Um, I fell in love with girls like every single week. I was telling Ashley this the other day. Like she thought it was so fucking ridiculous. Yeah. No, I definitely. Well, like all the time. Not not super often, but dude, when I did, it was hard, right? And I'm still a little bit that way to yeah, where like like yeah. I said earlier, like just being very monogamous. Like I'm all about. Like investing a shitload into one person, not right. this this weird like player mentality of right. like, how about 10% in 10 girls? No, because then I have a shitty relationship with 10 people. Mm-hmm. That's not interesting to me. Totally but like exhausting. this like next level connection that I think even at a young age, I was very much that way. Yeah, me too. Except for when it was multiple girls whose butts I was kissing. But then that wasn't like a that wasn't a relationship. <laughs> that was me just like, hey, I'm trying to test drive some shit. How about the three of you? And they're all like, yeah, for sure. How many girlfriends do you think you've had? Like legit girlfriends? Um, no, not even just legit. Like since you were a kid, like oh, girls man. that you said were my girlfriend or whatever. Uh, yeah. Like girls that I, at the time, like for the age fell in love with. Yeah. But it obviously wasn't real love. Uh, up to my senior year, probably mm, like 10. Yeah, that sounds about right for me, too. Yeah. Is there a couple current events you want to yeah. chat about? Let's blast through them. Let's blast through them like you did with those girls' butts. Yep. Blasting through booties. Hey, uh, I got this proposition for you. You go back to nap time with me, and I'll kiss your butt. Yep. You should try that now. I should. You should try that now, I'd man. be super down. All right, first piece of news. Uh, TJ Dillashaw... Uh, seemed headed for greatness. Turns out he was too good to be true. So stupid headline. Man. But um, essentially, he popped. Uh, he pissed hot. He um, he was caught by uh, USADA for taking EPO, which is what Lance Armstrong had been taking. It's uh, 
it's one of the most serious you know a lot a lot of guys especially in MMA they they will claim as soon as they pop they'll claim that it was a like a tainted supplement or something right. but uh this is something that has to be injected you don't accidentally pop for EPO and what EPO is essentially is um it it's a drug that helps the red blood cell count uh increase so you have more red blood cells therefore you're able to just get it helps a lot with your cardio with um with endurance with explosion mm. um yeah it's just it's it's one of the best uh steroids to take honestly um performance enhancers to take i guess um so he's not denying it everybody kind of thought that would be that's everybody's go to is you deny it you say my team is investigating how this happened blah 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 mm-hmm. he's he's being super quiet so everybody's like yeah this is uh this is no bueno. It's going to be, and then the uh, sucks. He was officially given a, a two year uh, suspension, which is that's substantial. So uh, that's far bigger than anything John Jones has gotten. Who was like, you know, he's the Michael Jordan of popping for shit. Um, how long did they say? Two years. Jesus Christ, man. Yeah, which did, is um, at his age. I mean, that's damaging. Those are those are prime fucking years. He's how old now? Uh, I want to say he's 28, 29, 30, somewhere in there. So for fighters, I mean, they don't typically, 30 is about the end of your peak. Like you can, you can go into like your early thirties for sure if you're special, but, uh, you want to be doing some big shit by 30 and then maybe, you know, hold on to a title for a couple years and call it. But, uh, cause there's no reason to take unnecessary damage deep into your thirties. So it says, turns out he was assisted for at least one night. What does that mean for one fight? Yeah, probably. I don't know. What what paragraph is that? Uh, third paragraph down. I'm trying to figure out how long he might have been doing that. Well, that's that's honestly what they're trying to figure out right now. Um, they're not sure how far to go back and turn his wins into no contest. You know what's crazy? I'll ask it because he because he, he, he lost and he was so bummed about it. I wonder yeah. if like he's like, I got to do something. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, they that test is from that fight. So the fight where he got starched Ugh. in one round, he was juiced up on EPO. Wow. So then that makes you go, yo, Henry Cejudo, Jesus. Right. Like, that is... What are you doing? Dillashaw is already a motherfucker, but a juiced up Dillashaw for Henry Cejudo to, to starch him in one round is... That's Quite insane. impressive. Yeah, incredibly. Jesus. Um, oh, shit. Okay, and then we got uh, uh, last little like fighting news. Um, so there, have you heard about Bare Knuckle FC? It's this new uh, thing, kinda. Yeah, just hurt. They just had their first uh, pay per view. Um, the headlining fight was uh, Jason Knight and Artem Lobov, who is Artem mm. is a training partner of Conor McGregor's. Yeah, I know that guy. And in June, he will actually be fighting uh, Pauli Malignaggi, which I'm actually stoked. The boxer. Yeah. Yeah, is um, is he fighting in this bare knuckle thing? Yep. No way. Yeah. Does he does he do MMA? Nope. Only boxer. So. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Um, the the Dana White essentially of bare knuckle. Uh, his name is uh, something Feldman. Jesse Feldman. David Feldman. Uh, David Feldman hopped into the ring after one of the fights. I want to say it was one or two fights before the headlining fight, and said that uh, one of the fighters, uh, his name was Rusty Crowder. Uh, one of the fighters in that last fight will not be getting paid because he wanted to run around the whole time. And that's not how we fuck around here at bare knuckle. So he won't be getting paid. And like, what do you think about that audience? And everybody cheers and shit. 
So, uh, oh my God. everybody from like Brendan Schaub to Joe Rogan was like, that's super uncool. Like contracts are contracts. And unless his contract stated, you mean because he was running around avoiding fighting, right? Yeah, yeah. He just wasn't. There was no action. Which you Jesus, know, these dudes Christ. are bare knuckle. So they are. I mean, look at this photo, dude. What else do you want from these guys? Come on, like. Oh my good that's, God, that's what the dude was running from. He didn't want that to happen to him. So um, he was overly defensive. And David Feldman said, "You're not getting paid." Um, obviously, since then there has been a lot of pushback. Uh, a lot of pushback. So now he's kind of being like. I was just saying that to get the crowd going. Like, he'll still definitely get paid. Um, so, ha- other than them being bare knuckle, is there anything different than the UFC rules? Not that I'm aware of. No. It's essentially uh, it's uh, the typical athletic commission. They just they give the exact same rules. It's like, just, can they elbow? Can they? Yeah. It's all good. Yeah, you can't do that in the UFC, right? You can do what is it? You can back elbows. Yeah, you you can't go twelve to six. Oh, okay. so you can't go straight down with your elbow, right. and obviously small joint manipulation not okay. Um, and there's something weird about kicking in the face. I can't do heel yeah, kick or something. Downed opponents, but see that once again, that depends on the athletic commission. I know New York has different rules than uh, Las Vegas, for example. Right, um, but yeah, like, like strips, soccer kicks on its fucking head. Not if there's like, I think in New York <laughs> it's two points down, meaning like knee and one hand. Oh wow! Or you know, but then in Las Vegas, I believe it's three points, so two knees and one hand. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, wild shit. Does that? I mean, does that make a huge difference just without the gloves? I mean, is that like a way different thing? That's it, honestly, it's a great question because something people don't think about is a lot of people say that. Like with boxing, for instance, that uh, those, you know, nine, 10 ounce mm-hmm. gloves, those are those are safer because they're protecting uh, they're protecting the person being hit from getting like just legit knuckles to the face when really it's protecting the puncher. Yeah. Meaning it's, you know, they're, I've the, heard I think Rogan talk. About yeah. That. They won't break the metacarpals and the in the hand and shit. Right. So they're able to punch more, meaning the person getting punched is going to eat more punches and get more of a chance of, uh, you know, getting CTE or whatever. Um, so with this, I kind of feel like in a sense, it's safer because the person punching is only going to be able to punch because listen, your hand is not designed to punch. It's just, and especially with the, the gloves from the UFC, right? right? It's not, that's not even a boxing glove. It's no. really just a cover over your it's hand. Just four ounces, just of, four ounces of yeah. leather, right? Yeah. And but I've it's heard enough argument- to like, f- you can go those three to five rounds because it's protecting your hand, but yes. not the face. Right. Not the person being punched. Yeah. And I, I also heard that it can actually even make it worse because it can cut you. Yeah. There's argument to that, like what you're saying, that it might even be safer without. Mm-hmm. And I think Rogan's a proponent of getting rid of them altogether. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's going to destroy people's hands. And I mean, even Floyd Mayweather, who's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's a boxer. He's got 10 ounce, but he he is notorious for he breaks his fucking hands every fight. Wow. Even with those massive. So, really? Yeah. Jesus. Fucking yep. awful. So it's what a life. Good God, these fighters are tough. Yeah, no, like, thank you. Fuck my life. Like it's honestly to me, I think it's like more power to them. Cool, but if it was somebody I cared about, I'd be like, "You're insane for doing this." Mm-hmm. Don't the amount of fucking swelling to your head and shit, like, <laughs> yeah. It's nuts. And then so for the dude that <laughs> runs this shit to be like, "You're not going to get paid because you didn't eat enough shots," like that's. Uh, Dudes in the UFC, high-level dudes, are already underpaid. No, no. And now, like, mid-level dudes for a promotion that's brand new. 
not being paid is that's that's crazy. It was probably res- eight thousand at the absolute most. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of respect for these fighters. Yeah. I mean, any of the fighters. Uh, by the way, like back to what you know, we're talking about things that I thought I didn't like, and then I ended up liking it or whatever. I had an established opinion about it for the longest time. That's that's what uh, fighting was for me. Oh yeah. UFC, MMA. Like I used to make fun of Stefan and Austin to fucking no end. It's like, oh, you're watching dudes weigh in? That's the gayest shit ever. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, they're like, whatever, dude. You don't get it. You're just making fun of something you don't understand. We, we all make fun of it. And then even like, it's too violent. I don't fucking like watching that. It's just like the WWF. It's all this drama and shit mm-hmm. talking. Which there's some validity to that, I guess. But yeah, for something just kind of switched. And then I started to appreciate it. And now like, yeah, I mean, I, I'm a... I'm a casual fan. I'm like deep into it, but I mean, there's kind of no going back. I couldn't see going back to that point of view, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because you understand it now. Like I get the dynamics of the history. Probably Rogan was a huge part of it too. And all those podcasts, but yeah. Yeah. He definitely kind of brought it to the forefront and yep. Um, Oh, this shit. Yeah. This last one is a teacher was fired over a topless photo. Now she's fighting back. Yeah, she's fucking hot, too. I just realized this is six minutes. I'm not playing that shit. Um, Don't worry about it. Yeah, so essentially, uh, from the little bit that I watched um, as I was driving over here, very dangerous, um, she, someone, they don't, they're not saying who, but someone in the school got a hold of a photo that she sent her boyfriend in 2016. They then shared it around the school. It got to the principal. Principal calls her into the office. Um, asked her if she's aware that a photo has gotten out. She says no. He turns his monitor around, and it's this uh, photo of her topless. And, you know, obviously she's mortified. She is... But again, it was from her to her then-boyfriend. It wasn't like she correct. did a Playboy shoot or something. Yes. Uh, it was a private photo. And right. uh, instead of her her privacy being a priority or anything, uh, she was just axed. So That's she is... Such bullshit. Yeah, she's now suing... Um, She's now suing the school and they, you know, this, this little, I've got like a vice news, uh, it's like a little six and a half, seven minute, like mini doc thing pulled up. Um, they kind of go into, they interview this, uh, this women's rights, uh, activist Mm. who is in front of the middle school topless, uh, with with a sign just saying like, uh, you know, female breasts are not evil. And it it does kind of raise a concern about why like dude nipples and that's crazy chick nipples what the fuck it's bullshit what's the difference and what uh it's crazy and i mean some of the there are girl worked i saw i think she worked so hard to get this job too yes yeah and there's a couple parents that drive by and the the activist is like uh you know she's saying whatever she's saying and um like the parents are saying awful shit to her calling her like a piece of shit and uh jesus yeah just being who are these fucking losers yeah, it's crazy too because if you think like the parents are upset because they don't want kids to see breasts, but they are okay with their kids seeing them calling a woman a loser and yeah, saying like you're a, a monster, point. you're a piece yeah. of shit. It's a it's a so fucking bizarre. Sense. It's a bizarre situation. Very, very, so yeah, very kinda, bizarre. I'm eager to see how this. Uh, it's a uh, in New York, so Bellport, New York, yeah. a small town of two thousand. Mm-hmm. I mean. Small towns everywhere, man. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Even in a fucking blue state. <laughs> yeah. City of New York, or state of New York. Crazy. 
Cool. Should we do movie pick and then bail? Let's do it, man. Love it. So uh, before you start this, um, so I know you hate baseball. Fuck yeah, I dude. I don't want to offend you. But this is a documentary that I heard about the other day because uh, it's directed by Billy Corbin, not Billy Corgan from the Smashing Pumpkins. Billy Corbin. Cocaine he, Cowboys. Exactly. Have you, Did you ever see that? No, a lot of people were like, dude, this is the shit. And I was like, fuck this, dude. And then they were like, watch this movie, Screwball. It's about it's about uh, baseball, otherwise known as gay spall. That's what I call it, James. What do you think? Say something back, I dare you. I'm not saying anything back. <laughs> I'll just let you sit in it. Um, you texting somebody right now? No, I'm Instagramming. I'm being professional. Um, yeah, Billy Corbin directed it, and he's obviously a renowned dude. It's a fucking crazy story. It, so it's about the doping. It's kind of fitting for the the doping scandal with TJ. So it's about the doping scandal in baseball and specific, specifically about one doctor in Florida who pretended to be a doctor. Mm. <laughs> oh, this is what Corbin was just on Rogan for. Yes, that's, that's what I heard about. I've it. actually been wanting to see this. He was also on The Fighter and the Kid about it. Um, and he so he had like Alex Rodriguez as a client, Manny Ramirez, some of the top baseball players of that time. And he was not a doctor. He lied about his credentials. He was a total fucking sleaze bag. And then this guy goes to, so this fake doctor guy like ran a fake tanning salon or a, a, mm-hmm. not a fake, a, an actual tanning salon. I think that's how he like, he laundered his money or some shit. And so this guy went to go work for him cause he was, this meathead dude that was into tanning him. It's fucking Miami. So it's like that type of guy. Yep. But he's a decent person, like a normal guy. And uh, anyway, long story short, he he ends up like getting swindled into giving this fake doctor like $4,000, something pretty low amount of, do- of money. And then this guy is not paying him back. And so he keeps hounding him like, hey, I want my money. I want my money. And because this dude, the doctor is not paying this guy back, he gets all the files of him prescribing all this um, medication to like some of the biggest stars in the world. And he's like, I'll fucking ruin this guy over the smallest amount of money. And that's what like the whole fucking scandal of Alex Rodriguez. And then like the mafia gets involved. Dude, it gets nuts. Like fucking gangsters and people are threatening to kill each other. And is this the movie that has kids as the... Yes. Oh, it's which so is so sick. brilliant. Yeah, so all the like baseball players and the drug dealer and doctor... They have interviews with real guys, but then when they're like reenacting it, the reenactment is with children. (laughs) It's so funny. That is brilliant. Because they're fucking children. They're all acting like children. All right. I got to play this. I'm actually pumped for this. I forgot about this shit. There's a saying never meet your heroes because they'll break your heart. From the moment I remember, I wanted to be a baseball player. It was the American dream. I got kicked off the team for smoking weed. It was a disaster. My plan was go into medicine. The Belize School of Medical and Performing Arts. What is Florida about? It's about vanity and sex. It was a perfect place for the anti-aging movement. Especially down here in Miami. Everyone's things now, now, now. There's almost no regulations. You'd have people who pretended to be doctors given all types of medical advice. He had a white lab coat that said Dr. Tony Bosch. He had a stethoscope around his neck. Yeah, I assumed he was a doctor. <laughs> Manny was the first VIP client. Within weeks, his focus was much better. He felt a lot quicker. This guy says, yeah, my cousin's in the Yankees. That was a, a rock. 
and he says, I want whatever Manny was taking. I had a true believer right away. You know, seven days after he started my program, he went ahead and in one game, he hit three home runs. And he said, I'll give you an extra 150 grand a year if you give me an exclusivity. I said, for 200, you got a deal. Listen, each home run costs money. At this time, Biogenesis had close to 300 athletes. We were consuming so much product, I had to go to the black market. Okay, I just stumbled across some kind of steroid ring. I didn't think I was gonna get caught. I was busy going to parties. My cocaine bill was $6,000 a month. The biggest steroid scandal in sports history exploded over $4,000. Look, if I don't get my money, I'll blow this whole thing up. It was just an absolute clown show. Get rid of steroids now. This is my whole life, my legacy. You tell me why I should serve one inning. Tony Bosch is not a doctor. Tony Bosch is a drug dealer. Coke addict, bad son, bad father, bad brother, bad everything. What can you tell us about that? No comment. He's lucky he's not in the canal anywhere. This guy's connected. A lot of people involved. Don't do this. You're going to get killed. So I got my nine millimeter. For every sleazy thing Major League Baseball did in trying to pay witnesses, threatening people to cooperate, A-Rod and his crew were doing almost the exact same thing. He pretty much can forget the Hall of Fame. It was almost like, hey, Mom, I made it to the big leagues, but in a different way, you know? <laughs> you can't make this up. There it is. Oh, Check it yeah. out. Good stuff. Got anything else, homie? Uh, my last thing is... Uh, uh, Instagram profile recommendation. It's called Quarter Confessions. It's a guy that walks around the French Quarter in New Orleans uh, while people are blackout drunk. And he essentially, um, he'll say things like, what's your deepest, darkest secret? And they're blackout drunk. Oh, I've heard about this. So they're like, here you go. And uh, the amount of incest and shit. Yeah, that's it. Um, man, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've... I don't know, or maybe YouTube or something. Yeah, I don't recommend like binging huge amounts because you'll just feel dirty and <laughs> a little bum that you live on this planet. But uh, in in small doses, it's incredibly entertaining. Yeah, I saw. I think I saw one where the guy walks up to two girls, and the dad's with them, and he goes up to oh, the dad dude. first, and he's this like, "This is one of the best ones." Some like, "What's the craziest thing you've done? Tra- sexual thing you've done, or something?" Is that what he asked? Yeah, yeah. And he and his is dumb. Like, oh, I did it in a car once or something stupid. Yep. And like, go away, dad. And mm-hmm. they push him away. And then what did she say? Like, I did it in the butt once or something. Yeah, like I let like two guys in one night <laughs> DP do something. me in the butt. Yeah, yeah. And the dad's just like six feet away in his cargo uh, shorts. Fucking <laughs> the most like dork dad ever. It's crazy. His whole life is ruined. There's some good shit. There's a lot of like, you know, I had sex with my cousin and Right. My stepmom. Because it is Louisiana after all, right? Yep, yep. Yeah, there's one guy that was like, yeah, I had a thing for my stepmom and she kind of knew. So she told my dad, she going to take me to TJ Maxx. But instead, <laughs> we went to TJ Maxx, but we went behind the stove and she gave me a blowjob and I had sex with her. And then there's just like silence. And the interviewer's like looking at him. He's like, yeah. <laughs> like, <that> was, <laughs> but it's it's just... It's insane the amount of shit people will share. That one's disgusting. Oh, come on. Yes, absolutely. It's the little nub. Is that Dolly Parton? Dude. To call a clitoris the little nub. He's fucking. God. Yeah. So if you're listening, I don't miss Quarter confessions. All. It's the shit. Start with the uh, the old guy one. The little screenshot of an old guy, 
Uh, he shows you how to fucking do oral sex, and there then he go. puts a he puts a space in a weird spot in the word clitoris. So that's entertaining. Yikes! Alcohol. Right. Get the Magical fuck out of here. I gotta pee. Me too. I've had a headache for like seven years too. Damn. All right. Uh, you guys know the deal. The only fee for this podcast is to please tell at least one person about this podcast. If you took anything away from it, if you liked the fart jokes, if you liked the story of Alan being uh, dosed with LSD against his will, tell oh. your friend about it. I was victimized. He was victimized. Go to the police. Help this guy out. Uh, we'll be here the same time next week. You can expect the episodes up on Monday, Tuesday at the latest. That's the deal. Um, anything else? You good? Yeah, that's it. Follow us at the Stateside Podcast on Instagram, and that would be fantastic. We love you. Bye. Later. iconic radio stations in America. Profiles, The Wrath of the Buzzard, P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts.